Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show, coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and all sorts of good things. And it's good to have you guys here today. We're not alone, of course. Over here, we got Kimberly Curran. Kimberly, how you doing? I'm wonderful. Wonderful and thankful. It is the week of thanks. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting that you had you guys have American Thanksgiving. The one and only the Thanksgiving. American the best Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Over beside her is Ray Ora. Ray, how you doing? Hi. Congratulations on the PS5. Oh, that's right. Uh, by the way, Ray is going to be hanging out with you guys in the live chat for yep. those of you watching live. But uh, yeah, what Ray is talking about here is I've been wanting to get a PS5 for a while. But it's like impossible to come by. Almost as hard as getting Spider-Man tickets when they drop a new Spider-Man trailer on the 29th <laughs> and put Toby and Andrew in it. But um, my buddy Ryan, he got a hold. He knows that I've been wanting to get one. So he texted me today and said, hey, I actually stumbled across one, bought it. It arrives on Sunday. I assume you still want it. I'm like, yes, thank you very much. I've been I've been wanting to get my hands on that. So, yeah, nice. I finally got a PS5. I'm very uh very excited about that. Uh, there you go, Sony. Little plug for your uh, for your uh, game console there. Anyway, guys, lots of good stuff to talk about here today. And here's how today's show goes. We are going to, of course, as always, break the show into two parts. The first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, if you want to fire in a comment, if you are watching live and only if you are watching this video live and you want to make a comment or share an opinion about one of the stories we're talking about, just go ahead and use the super chat feature on the live chat in YouTube here as we're doing this show live. Now, that's not for questions. If you have a question you want to ask, simply go down into the description of this video and you'll see a tip link. Click on that there anytime 24-7 or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You can send in a question that we'll read on the show or an upcoming companion video if we deem your question appropriate to be read on one of our shows, and then you will hear it answered on either this show or an upcoming companion video or another show. And thank you to everybody for all of your support. All right. One other bit of house cleaning is, of course, that if you need your daily fix for the John Campy Show but can't always be in front of a YouTube uh, video, good news, in case you're jogging, commuting, at work, whatever, there is an audio-only version of the show that we call the John Campy Show Podcast. Just go onto your favorite podcasting app of choice, search for the John Campy Show, and subscribe to it today. And we here at the John Campy Show thank all of you who have already subscribed to the podcast. All right. That down. Let's get into one off the top before our main topics here, shall we? And that one off the top is this. There is three truths in life. Death, taxes, video game, movies suck. And <laughs> the truth has also been kind of an extension of, you know, video game TV series or whatever. Now, we've got a lot of interesting looking projects on the way. Everything from Last of Us, which looks... I think that's going to be amazing. I really do. I think that is going to be amazing. There's other significant projects on the way as well. But one of the things that I started watching the other day was the League of Legends inspired Arcane. Now, I'm not a League of Legends player, all right? I've, I've actually got it on my PC here, but I don't actually play it. So I don't know a lot about League of Legends or its mythology or anything like that. But Arcane came out. A couple people said it's pretty good. So I checked it out. 
I watched the first three episodes and I'm like, you know what? This is pretty good. This is pretty good. I mean, not my favorite things on Netflix, but it's pretty good. Then I watched episodes four, five, and six. And then yesterday I finally got around to watching episodes seven, eight, and nine to finish out the season. This is one of those shows that doesn't just get better as it goes. Everything they reveal as it goes along makes the previous episodes even better. Like, nice. it's hard to explain this, but the intricacies of the narrative are so well woven together that as you watch the new episode, the last episode becomes even more relevant and even better as you're thinking of it. And I will say right now, I think this is the best animated series of all time. I can't believe I'm saying that. But I think Arcane is the best animated series I've ever seen. Wow. All due respect to Space Battleship Yamato. All due respect to my beloved 80s Transformers. <laughs> all due respect to all of that. I actually think Arcane is, is the best series, animated series I've ever seen. It is easily... Without doubt, question, or debate, it is the single best video game adaptation in some way, shape, or form that I have ever seen, be it a uh, movie or TV show or whatever. Uh, just that simple. I mean, there's no debate about that. It, it's simple. It's the best video game adaptation ever. But it also just may be my favorite animated series ever. I, we'll talk more about that in just a second. But the news came out that, thank goodness, Arcane has been released or has been renewed for season two by Netflix. It is now officially coming back. Uh, this comes to us from the folks over at Deadline who write, fresh off a suspenseful season one cliffhanger, Riot Games uh, League of Legends animated series Arcane has been renewed for season two at Netflix. Now, they're not giving away any sort of when that release might be. They're not saying it's going to come out in, you know, spring of 2022 they're not even i don't even think they've said it's going to come out in 2022 but they've said it's already in production they said it's already in production so i'm super happy about that thrilled that we're going to get season two but let me talk for a second just about season one here i have never seen because kim you came in this morning and you and i were talking before the show started i yeah. said this is the game of thrones of animated shows yeah because intrigued every first of all the intrigue is amazing. Every single character has a pivotal role to play in the overall story. Every single character has their own unique story going on, whether it's Silco or Victor. There's this character, Victor, that starts off as this one high official's assistant. He kind of becomes partners with one of the main heroes of the show. And he, you, at first, you just think he's this secondary on-the-side character. But as the show progresses, his importance grows. Your understanding of his turmoil and his struggle and his pain and what he's willing to do to try to overcome it becomes something that you could build an entire show around. Then you've got this villain, Silco, who is just like, okay, so this is like your grimy villain character. But as the show progresses, you start to understand his motivations. You, have to, uh, you start to understand what makes this guy tick. You find out he has senses of loyalty and love where you never thought a character like this could have while being also truly evil all at the same time. And then you realize you could do an entire show about this guy. Then you have the main antagonist of the show, which is Powder slash Jinx. This character and the main hero, Vi, her sister, who is voiced by Haley Steinfeld, by the way, that story in and of itself, you can build it, build an entire show around. 
And as the show progresses and all these various themes are introduced and you realize, you start to see how they're all weaving together to form this one narrative fabric. By the time the final scene happened, my jaw was open and I couldn't believe how, how skillfully made of an animated based on a video game property <laughs> series this is. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely, truly phenomenal storytelling. Animated otherwise. Video game property or based on Shakespeare. It's wow. beautifully told. The animation style is nutso. Like, I, I remember I started watching it. I'm like, well, it's not going to, this is just for a, an intro. It can't maintain this quality of animation. Oh, it does. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's mature without being gratuitous. The violence and the action are so beautifully done. Um, it, again, it introduces very mature themes, incredibly rich side characters. But yeah, by the time, now the my one complaint, my one complaint, about it is that I hated the way the season ended because the season ends like the cliffhanger, like a cliffhanger, like there's going to be another episode next week. I prefer the style, uh. the way Supernatural would do it. Supernatural, every season had its own story, right? And they would bring that story to a conclusion by the season finale and then open up a door that kind of introduces what next season will be about. Okay. But they always made sure they brought this season's story to conclusion. Close. Right. And then opened up and cliffhanged what they could do next season. This one just ended like we were about to get another episode next week. And I found that a little bit frustrating. But aside from that, um, I mean, maybe it's just me being super excited about how good it was. And I just watched it. But I really think it might be my favorite animated series I've ever seen. At least the first season. I love that. Have you been watching it at all? At no, this point? I, it's on my very long list of shows that I want to watch. And that list is getting longer as streaming grows. And, and, and hopefully with the holidays, I can do some catch up. But it's on, it's on my list. I'm in the middle of everything right catch now. Up. Don't say catch up. Don't say catch up. Uh -oh. Don't, oh, no. don't say catch up. Oh, no. Do your catch up. <laughs> As we egg Sorry. you on, John. As we egg you on. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I hope you're not too, it's, it's too excited today. <laughs> <laughs> too, too excited. <laughs> well done. I still got it. Well done. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, guys, listen. If you've not started watching um, uh, Arcane, I didn't, I wasn't even going to watch this. It's like, okay, stupid little cheap animation based on a video game. Some pathetic attempt to look, look, we can tell movies too. Oh my God. It's so good. Really? So good. I, I need to watch this. I'm still in the middle of love, death and robots. Love, Is death and robots. It? Yeah. I'm, I, everything that I started, I have not finished. It's like me in high school all over again. I, again, I just, gotta get <laughs> just remember as you start watching it. It's all the first few episodes just laying groundwork. Like it's really? still good. Like it's good. You're watching. It's good. But by the time you get to six, episode one and two seem brilliant. Like you, really, you just you're just gonna now see the, what I that's mean. big. The Game of Thrones. Of it is the Game animated, of Thrones of animated series. Seriously, yeah. I I'm now like okay. I'm bumping it up on the list. All right, guys, check it out. What do you think? How about Arcane? Have you guys have a chance to see it yet? If so, what did you think? If not, will you give it a shot? Whatever you guys are feeling, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your 
thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics on the John Campus Show? Well, it's really simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic, issue, or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the John Campus Show, just go anytime, 24-7, over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, let's get into main topic number one. Kim, what is our first main topic today? All right, our first main topic comes from Christopher Breckner. He says, in an interview with Empire, Kathleen Kennedy, and with the sequel trilogy characters, Kennedy said they're not characters we're going to forget, and they will live on. And those are conversations that are going on with the creative team as well. With the, nu- with the numerous Star Wars projects announced and then canceled, along with the actors seemingly done with Star Wars, this promise seems hollow to me. As she said before, they had plans for the characters, and two years later, we know nothing. What are your thoughts? All right, thanks a lot for saying that in. And yeah, look, the, the state of Star Wars right now is, is an odd dichotomy. Because it is both extremely exciting. Book of Boba Fett's coming out. Obi-Wan is coming. Mandalorian Season 2 is coming. Ahsoka is coming. On the one hand, very, very exciting. On the other hand, it's in complete, utter, utter chaos and a mess. We've had numerous projects fall apart. Multiple times, the directors and filmmakers and Kathleen Kennedy have creative differences. We've got the Rogue Squadron movie now completely in doubt. I'll go out on a limb and say that movie's not going to happen now over what we discovered to be creative differences that they couldn't figure out before they actually signed up to do the movie. We still have no idea what's happening with that Taika Waititi uh, Star Wars movie. We still have no idea what's going on with the Kevin Feige Star Wars movie. There, I mean, so it is both an exciting time and also a very frustrating and kind of nervous time because the, all this stuff is going on. Now, in the midst of that, Kathleen Kennedy is being interviewed and... She brought up the idea of the sequel characters, you know, Ray, Finn, Poe, right? And are we going to see more of them? So as the person who wrote in alluded to, this is what he said. This comes to us from the playlist that writes, After the release of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, fans seem to be a bit polarized about the three sequel trilogy films. That's putting it lightly, sure. But there are still some people out there that really enjoy those movies and hope to see Ray, Finn, and Poe and the other new characters in potential new projects. And one of those people is Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm and the person who steers the Star Wars ship. Speaking to Empire, Kennedy talked about how there are discussions about where we might see some of the sequel characters, sequel trilogy characters in the future. Certainly, those are not characters we're going to forget, said the Lucasfilm boss. They will live on. And those are conversations that we're going with the creative teams as well. And that comes to us from Playlist, quoting Kathleen Kennedy. All right. Is she out of her damn mind? Is she out of her damn mind? Number one, John Boyega ain't coming back to play Star Wars under any circumstances. He seemed pretty dumb. He made that pretty damn clear. I'm not saying I'm on his side. I'm just saying as as a performer, as a, as, uh, what's the best way to put it? As a worker, he said, that's a job. I don't want to do anymore. 
Daisy Ridley hasn't been as explicit, but she's basically implied that she's done playing Ray. And as far as Oscar Isaac, Poe Dameron goes, that dude's Moon Knight. That dude's like in that one video game adaptation. That dude's in everything coming out. He ain't going back to play Star Wars. Yeah. Not 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 under the situation that that things are in right now. Compiled on top of that, look, I love The Force Awakens. I don't like The Force Awakens. I love The Force Awakens. It is a great Star Wars movie. It is the best Star Wars movie other than the original trilogy, in my opinion. I liked The Last Jedi. I liked it. I had some major issues with it, but I thought the good outweighed the bad. I yeah. liked The Last Jedi. I hated The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> hated that movie with the passion and the heat of a thousand suns. Um, but... Not only is John Boyega not really interested in revisiting this, not only is Daisy Ridley clearly not all that interested in revisiting this, and I really highly doubt Oscar Isaac is interested in revisiting all this. I don't think the fandom even wants, even somebody like me, who overall, <laughs> I like the sequel trilogy. Overall. I love the one. I liked the other. I hated the end. So I, it kind of balances out for me. But even a lot of people like me who kind of like these shows or like these movies, I don't think there's a big passion. The way Rise of Skywalker ended with such a sour note and a sour taste in everybody's mouth, I don't think there's a lot of the audience, even those that are favorable to the Star Wars sequel trilogy, even those who are favorable to the Star Wars sequel trilogy, I don't think there's a desire or hunger to see them revisit this. I think everybody's just ready to... I think. The same, there's the same feeling as with the, pre, with the prequel trilogy. The prequel trilogy was terrible. It was awful. And we were all ready to move on from it when they were finally done. This one has some good in it, but I feel like the same sentiment is there. The sequel trilogy is now done. We are all wet, ready to move on from it. Those who didn't like them, those who were okay with them, I think we're all ready to move on from them. Let's move on to the next thing. So I don't think the actors want to come back. No. I don't think the audience is all that interested in them going back to these characters again. And so I don't really know what it is she's talking about. And I say this as somebody who has a lot of respect for Kathleen Kennedy. I do. But I don't know what she's talking about. Now, it could be because, remember, Lucasfilm is a, is a big thing, right? It's not just movies. It's also TV shows. Maybe they're talking about Oscar Isaac popping up in a, in a series, you know, as Poe Dameron for an episode or two. But also, Lucasfilm is also about comic books. And Lucasfilm is also about novelizations. So when she's saying, we still have our eye on these characters, she could be referring to them, you know, a Poe Dameron novel. Or a Ray and Finn Adventures in the Outer Rim novel. Or something like that. And if she's talking about that, yeah, why not? Why not? That's totally fine. If you want to write them into books and novels, that's perfectly fine. But I just don't see any reality in which we're going to get a, another Star Wars movie where Finn, Ray, or Poe are going to be featured in that. I don't know, Kim, you've heard about this. What do you think? Do you, like with people you know and talk to, even those who maybe didn't like the Star Wars sequel trilogy and maybe those who did, do you find there's a lot of people wanting that next movie with, with Poe or that next movie with uh, any of them? I don't know. How, what have you been feeling? I think we want them to get caught up on what they already said was going to happen. Let's right. get caught up 
first before we start talking about next stuff. You know how many stuff has fallen off of the shelf because of creative differences and or you know difficulties in in relationships and how how they're seeing things. Let's just fix stuff and get back to being on track first before you even t- I don't even want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I really want this film with Patty Jenkins to work out. I want oh, yeah, them to too. solve their differences. I really want to see it. I was really feeling her passion. Um, I, I love that video when she was, um, you know, roller skating at that that air, you know, the airfield and and talking about her passion and her dad. And I feel like a film from her in the Star Wars universe could really be impactful. I, I love the way she thinks and I want them to work out their differences. Let's here's the problem. Not only are you talking about stuff before you've worked out creative differences, you're announcing stuff before stuff is really solid in the cement, but now you're going forward and you're talking about things like down the line. Right, yeah. Slow down. Let's get caught up. Let's work out the stuff that you announced a year ago, two years ago, that we were excited about and that fell through the cracks. Let's pick it back up and let's stay focused. I don't even want to hear it. Yeah. Honestly, like it, 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 you're, if you can tell, I'm a bit irritated because I'm like, you're talking about bringing back characters and you have so much on the table that you've let slide. Focus. To quote, to Focus. quote one of the shows I watch on HGTV, how about you finish the kitchen renovation before you start talking about what you're going to do in the bathroom? Thank you. Yeah. So how about you finish that? How yeah. about all this yeah. stuff that you talked about that's coming and all this? Guys? Just just yeah, talk man. about that. And uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The question is for you guys. What do you feel about this? Maybe you feel that there is an audience and there is a, a way there to get more of Poe. I keep wanting to say Poe, Ray, and Pim. <laughs> Poe, Ray, and Finn. No, Ray, me, man. In more of this stuff. I don't know. Maybe you guys are looking forward to that. I don't think you are, but maybe I'm wrong. Whatever you guys are feeling about this, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right. With that down... Let's get into main topic number two. Kim, what is our second main topic today? All right, guys. So Edwin Parker says, hi, John. First time, long time. I remember a while back there was a debate about how much money No Time to Die would have to make to break even. A bunch of people said 900 million and you said that was ridiculous. There's a report in Variety saying the movie will lose 100 million dollars but mgm says that's bs and it is profitable which do you think is true thank you all right thanks for saying that in and yeah no time to die a movie we had to wait a long time for like several other movies because of the pandemic got pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and by the time the movie came out it almost kind of felt like wait a minute this movie didn't come out 18 months ago i I mean just it just it really was one of the movie victims of the pandemic yeah but it came out and I don't think it's the best Daniel Craig era Bond film, but I thought it was certainly one of the good ones. I mean, I still have Casino Royale above it. I still have Skyfall above it, but I certainly put it way above Spectre and Quantum of Solace. And I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Not the best one, but a good one. Solid one. Liked it. And the fact of the matter is, it's generated in the pandemic era big money. Now, you're right. Previously, there had been some debate going on, like these reports going around that No Time to Die, this is before it came out, No Time to Die is going to have to make, how much did they say? $900 million to break even. To which I said, that is preposterous. 
That is absolutely preposterous and not true. Sorry, but as Gail would say in Foundation, that's not how math works. That's not how math works. At any rate, uh, yeah, a report went out in Variety saying that the movie's going to lose $100 million. Now, the film has made $720 million at the worldwide box office right now. $720 million at the worldwide box office. On a budget of $250 million with a marketing expense of, they say, $100 million, but I think by the time they had to redo the marketing campaigns, it probably came out closer to $150 million of a marketing campaign. So you're talking total expense all in, $400 million. You do not need to make $900 million to break even on a $400 million project that, that includes the marketing budget. And MGM wants to remind people that. This comes to us from Joe Blow, who writes, In a statement sent to Variety, MGM claims that the film not only broke even, but it is also a huge moneymaker for them this year. Unnamed and uninformed sources suggesting the film will lose money are categorically unfounded and put more simply, just not true. The film has far exceeded our theatrical estimates in this time frame. Obviously, it's theatrical uh, estimates prior to the pandemic were clearly going to be higher. Yeah, obviously. who knew? Yeah, But they're saying, hey, given the time frame, this thing actually far exceeded our expectations and our and our uh, estimates in this time frame, becoming the highest grossing Hollywood film in the international marketplace and passing Fast 9 to become the highest grossing Hollywood film since the pandemic. With the PVOD release of the film already doing stellar business, all while continuing to hold well theatrically, No Time to Die will earn a profit for MGM, both as an individual film title and as a part of MGM's incredible library. And that, of course, is reported by Joe Blow. And they're right. I'm, I'm glad MGM is finally speaking up and saying something. Now, look, obviously, you know, Robert Meyer Burnett and I would often talk about the longer a film gets delayed, movies are made on borrowed money. Movies get made on borrowed money. So the longer that a movie has to sit on a shelf, it's accumulating interest on that money that they haven't paid back yet. And that adds to it. But this isn't the 1920s mobsters. This isn't, we're going to charge you 50% interest till you pay back Willie the shark. Kneecaps. Yes, we kneecap you. <laughs> this isn't the 1930s, all right? This isn't, it isn't that much interest. You're talking about a movie that roughly speaking with the additional marketing costs probably came in around a $400 million expense. Normally you'd be looking then at probably needing 600 million to break even with interest and stuff like that, tack another 20, 30, 40 million on top of it. The movie is already profitable. It's already profitable at 720 million worldwide. It's already profitable. And so I'm glad MGM has finally spoke up about this and said, look, look, is it the big, big, massive hit that Skyfall was? No, it wasn't going to be given the current circumstances, but it could have been much, much worse. It could have been much, much worse. So yeah, this is a film that has made money and continues to be hold theatrically. It's still making money in theaters. It's making money on online rentals right now as well. Now, granted, that's not a huge piece of the pie like it was back in the 90s, but still, it's still generating money as it goes and it's already profitable. So I think they've got to take this as a win because a lot of us, we're looking at at no time to die and thinking due to the circumstances, there's no way this movie makes money. There's no way this movie makes money. And I think they ultimately did. And I can't remember. Did you ever get around to watching no time to die? 
Did I ever get around it? Yes. What did you think of No Time to Die? Oh, I absolutely loved it. Oh, you I did? absolutely oh. loved it. Yeah. I was so sad. At the oh, moment. yeah. We won't give anything away. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Big I, sad I, I was I was in my feels for sure, but I loved it. I thought the action was there. He was at his coolest. And I feel like for a final film, that was a great send-off I for agree. Daniel Craig. It was a really great way. Because let me tell you something. Had they ended with Quantum of Solace? Yeah. Yikes. But I loved I loved this for him and for the fans. And again, this was the first time that a Bond was actually doing one continuous story, really, during their tenure as Bond. Daniel Craig's Bond films are really the one continuous story of his James Bond. Other Bond films never really did that. And when you keep that in mind, too, I thought the ending was beautifully done. I thought it was a great send-off for the character. And, uh, and yeah, and it closes the chapter on what I thought was a great era. Now, granted, not all the films are great. Quantum of Solace was disappointing. Spectre was disappointing. But three really good movies as well. And I just thought he was a really good Bond. I thought it was a good way to end it. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about James Bond No Time to Die and what they're saying are the actual outcome of the financials for the movie. Do you see it one way? Do you see the other? Whatever you guys are feeling, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down and out of the way, let's go into the wacky mind of Ridley Scott and main topic number three. Kim, what is our third main topic today? All right, this comes from Kyle Robinson. Hey, John, love the show and thanks for all you do. I read a report that Ridley Scott's The Last Duel performed opening weekend at $27 million on a $100 million budget. That is very incorrect, but we'll talk about that in a second. Hmm. Not a strong start for what looks to be a quality film. However, he made recent comments that millennials and cell phones are the reason his film didn't do well. Why? I ignored his comments on comic book movies recently because, as you say, all film is subjective. But this seems to be a baseless argument. Any validity to this? Thanks and bring on the filthy. Ridley Scott. Oh, Grandpa Ridley. What are you doing, Ridley? <laughs> Grandpa, you... go sit down. <laughs> we... We... Somebody get Ridley his pudding and put him to bed. Listen, Ridley, you are, without a doubt, one of the finest filmmakers ever to engage the art. You have made film that has withstood the test of time, that has stood as classics and you keep doing it. Even when it looks like you were down after doing a bunch of crappy th films, like in the early two thousands, you came back out swinging with a movie like the Martian, yes. which was God. so freaking good. I mean, so good. you're Ridley Scott strength and honor, dude. You're the gladiator man. But grandpa Ridley has been saying some really weird things lately. <laughs> that, not only do I think it's really out of character for him. Yeah. I just think it's very odd. And, you know, obviously he was just recently talking about comic book movies. And again, I, I have an opinion about filmmakers trashing the work of other filmmakers. I just think that's classless. I don't think that's your place to do. I think it's your place to uh, make good film. And if you don't like comic book movies or any other kind of movie, I don't know. You don't like 70s dance films. Okay. Let's just say they're not for you. Just say, you know, those ones never really clicked with me. I'm more of a 
90s dance film guy or whatever. Just say that and move on. Comic book movies come up, say, yeah, I know. That, listen, I'm super grateful that they're so popular and they bring in so much business to our movie theaters. But, you know, they, they just never resonated with me. Uh, they, I'm not the audience. for that. Just say that instead of what he started doing. And he started going off on this. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He started going off on this profanity laden speech about comic book movies are fucking boring. That's a, okay. <laughs> okay. All right, Ridley. Oh, Calm gosh. down, buddy. But he's Ridley Scott. He's great. He's a freaking legend, man. So he puts out this movie called The Last Duel, a movie I was really looking forward to a lot. And I went to go see it, and I like the film. I think it's a good movie. I do not like the choice, and I've told, I've said this several times, I don't like their choice of narrative structure to the movie because they tell the movie three different times. Is it like vantage point a little it, bit? Yes. It, there's a very much a vantage point part to this, where oh, okay. it's like they tell the story in the first act, and then they retell it again in the second act, but from a different character's perspective. Mm -hmm. And then they retell it again in the third act from another different character's perspective. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that structure really works with certain movies. I found that it didn't really work that well for The Last Duel. And to me, it felt like it just really slowed the movie down. A movie with an incredible story, very interesting characters, good action, good dialogue, good depth to the to the individual players at hand and great performances so overall i i quite like the last duel i did but the one thing what was the name of the guy who wrote in the email i can't remember what uh who wrote in the the message there that was our homeboy kyle robinson okay so one thing kyle points out is that it made it had 27 million dollar opening on a 100 million dollar budget it in fact did not have a 27 million dollar opening it made 27 million total worldwide period on a the 27 million opening wouldn't have been too bad. It actually had a 4.5 million dollar opening. Ouch. That's the opening it had. This movie, while a pretty good movie that I enjoy and I am happy to recommend to people, is an unmitigated flop. James Bond No Time to Die may not have lost 100 million dollars. The last duel probably lost 100 million dollars when it's all said and done. So, okay, hey, listen, it wouldn't be the first time in the history of Hollywood that a really good movie didn't win an audience, didn't get an audience to check it out. That's happened. A lot of crappy movies make big money. A lot of really good movies don't attract an audience. All right, that's not Ridley's job. Ridley's job is to make the best movie possible. Give the studio the best product possible, and then it's up to the studio to sell it. That's, that's no longer on you. That's up to the studio to sell. It's not the director's fault. But that's not how Ridley wants to play it. No, no, no. Ridley does want to play it. Just like the villain of the week in an old Scooby-Doo cartoon, it's them dang kids <laughs> that ruined it. I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those dang kids. That's what Ridley Scott had to say. This comes from the folks over at Variety. I write the following. I think what it boils down to what we've got today are the audiences who were brought up on these fucking cell phones. The millennium do not ever want to be taught anything unless they are told on their phones. Scott continued. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's somebody wrote in the other day and called Ridley Scott a crazy old man. And I reprimanded the viewer. I said, you come did. on. You I did. said, come on. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Oh, shit. 
Maybe we need to go there. <laughs> oh, God. Let's just let's just keep let's just, just keep going with this. Um, the audiences who were brought up on these fucking cell phones, the millennium do not ever want to be taught anything unless you unless it's told on the cell phone. Scott continued, this is a broad stroke, but I think we're dealing with it right now with Facebook. Facebook? How did Facebook become a part of this? Anyway, oh, God. there is a misdirection that has happened where it's given the wrong kind of confidence to this latest generation, I think. So now it's Facebook's fault. It can't no be aunt Meta, actually. Uh, yeah, sorry. Well, I mean, <laughs> Facebook is still called Facebook, and then the bigger company is called Meta. Yes. So, okay. So, I may. It's not that, uh, you know, the subject matter today didn't really click with our audience. You know, coming out of the pandemic, a heavier period drama didn't seem to be on the menu for a lot of people. No, no, no. It's Facebook. It's the damn millennials and their cell phones. What? Please explain to me, Ridley. How did a cell phone keep somebody from going? They just don't want to learn anything. Oh, that's it. It's the audience's fault. It's the audience's fault. That's right. Your movie not doing well is the audience's fault. What did the audience do again? They're on their damn cell phones too much. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, look. I want to say all this as absolutely respectfully as I can, because I'm not just paying lip service when I say Ridley Scott is one of the great storytellers of this industry of all time. 100% he is. Yeah. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm not going to rush out to see the next. I'm going to go see House of Gucci tonight. And I'm going to go with bells on. I'm excited to see House of Gucci. I cannot. I've been dying to see this movie ever since they first talked about it. Well, I wasn't as excited when they first announced it, but once I saw the trailer and I started yeah, seeing the trailers blew me away. Oh my God. I'm like, I am so in for this. I am. So, so yeah, Ridley Scott is top as, as somebody in Ridley Scott's era would say he's aces. Ridley Scott is aces in my book. He's swell. And the light. Fantastic. I can't, I gotta do it again. What we've got today are the audiences who are brought up on these fucking cell phones. The millennium do not ever want to be taught anything unless you're told on a cell phone. What? And then we got Facebook. What? We're talking about Facebook? How did Facebook become a part of this conversation? It's the damn Twitties. The Twitties cost me tens of millions of dollars. <laughs> the damn Twitties. I just... What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Look, as a director, as a filmmaker, all you can do is tell the best stories you can. Yeah. And you got to accept that people are going to love it or maybe they won't. And you also have to accept that either one of those is okay. Then not everybody's going to love your work. And if so, what you cannot do is take a position that says, no, 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 my work's fucking awesome. If you didn't watch it, it's because there's something wrong with you. If you didn't like my film, that means there's something wrong with you. Listen, I, I do a daily show where every day, 100, 200,000 people will check out videos that I do. And guess what? Not all of them love me. I know that's shocking. No. I know that's strange to think, but ain't all of them love me. And you know, when I, when I was working at both at AMC and Collider, whenever we'd bring staff in, one of the first conversations I would have with them is like, listen, you've got to be prepared for this. There are going to be people who 
maybe like you too much, but there are also going to be people who you are not going to be for them. And you might see mean things said and blah, blah. It's, it's just, it's part of it. If you're going to get online and say your opinion publicly, if your opinion doesn't line up with some audience members opinion, oh they take that as a personal attack on them because they're very weak minded. That, that particular individual is very weak minded because they take it as a person. Oh, if you don't agree with my point of view, you're attacking me and they will turn back on you. And it's just part of the game. If you're Ridley Scott and you're a filmmaker in that position, you just got to understand, look, it's going to happen. What you cannot do Ridley is force yourself into obsolescence by alienating this audience that you need to see your movies. You are not helping your cause by spitting in the face of people who like comic book movies and other artists who make comic book movies by coming out and just proclaiming they're all fucking boring and useless. You're not winning over any audiences doing that. You don't have to lie and come out and say, yes, I love Captain America's. You don't have to There's do that. There's a way to say everything. Yeah, just, you're, well, you, you, but you're not helping your cause by just coming out and shitting all over the most popular genre of the day when you don't need to. You're not doing yourselves any favor, any favors when you put out one movie that you should be proud of and then blame the audience when your movie doesn't succeed. You just have to go, eh, you know, we made the best movie we could. Didn't work at the box office. Didn't do the business we want to. Okay, we move on. I got House of Gucci coming out. Then he's doing that Napoleon Bonaparte movie with Joaquin Phoenix. And I can't remember the name of it, but he's got this Napoleon Bonaparte movie that he's doing with Joaquin Phoenix. Who's not excited about that? That's going to that be awesome. awesome. But he's already turning people off. And I fear there are going to be some people that are going to go, Ridley Scott doesn't seem to have a very high opinion of me as an audience member. Why should I go and watch his next movie? I I'm not saying that's going to be a huge problem, but it's something he's got to be cognizant of because the last couple of things he put out just sound like the ramblings of a crazy man. And he ain't a crazy man. He's a brilliant artist. I, I love Ridley Scott. It pains me to read this shit. I, I don't know. Kim, you read it. What was your kind of first impression? It sounds, about the it sounds a bit in the curmudgeon um, uh, area. However, however, I can understand a little bit of where he's coming from because he comes from a time where when you were curious about something, you went to the library. The Encyclopedia you, you Britannica. You sure it. did, doggone it. And you, or you watched, um, uh, me and the kids were, uh, they were, we were curious about, like, I think we were talking about kangaroos. And it's funny, one of the kids went on their phone and said, Alexa, <laughs> does a kangaroo something, something, something. And, and we had a whole conversation about, you guys don't even know. If I wanted to know that in 1996, I'd have to go to a library or I would go to National Geographic and I would sit through a whole episode and I would learn something i i understand a little bit what his frustration is i actually really understand because if you think about it everything's at our fingertips now and our our attention span is so much smaller than it was before i mean uh, the boys are like oh alexa do this uh google da, 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 da. and they'll get frustrated if if the the circle spins for a little bit 
And I'm like, do you guys even know what it's like to walk up and down the halls of a library and look for a book and then go through that book and then have your your place markers and look for something? Our attention span is so much smaller. And I, I get his frustration. So I don't think he's totally crazy because he does come from a different time. He does come from a time where people appreciated film in a different way. And in the past, you know, 20 years, technology has changed us socially so much I can understand where he's coming from. I, but I can't. He sounds, I, I, I totally can't. can. I don't believe there's because any data true, to support the two plus that the and a half hour James Bond film, film would have walked. Because of this guy right here. But, but people went to go see a two and a half hour James Bond film. And this movie, he's I got, would blame it on marketing. He's got knights. Uh, now, I Mar- didn't. Marin brought up the marketing to him. I didn't see it because I didn't realize it was out. I knew it was coming because I saw J-Lo and Ben Affleck on the <laughs> red right. carpet. That's kind of the only way I knew. I blame it on marketing. Mr. Scott, I love your films. I love you. This didn't stop me from seeing the film. Not knowing when it came out stop me from seeing the film, not hearing enough about it, not seeing enough interviews with Matt and Ben, which is such a big deal. How are we not talking more about them doing a movie together and doing a period film? That's what stopped me. This didn't stop me. Yeah, but here's the thing. Mark Maron, who was interviewing Ridley Scott, brought that up, said, well, maybe it wasn't marketed enough. Ridley Scott doesn't think that. Think that. He said, nope, they did a great job marketing this. No, and, they did not. I would suggest this. If people didn't know it was opening it's because they weren't interested enough to pay attention to the marketing when it was right in front of them i've had that happen to me like because what's something i have no cowboy bebop i had very very little interest in cowboy bebop Hmm. there's cowboy bebop marketing out there but i couldn't tell you when it was opening because i wasn't interested Hmm. to be fair i wasn't interested and i could only agree with him saying oh this uh, the millennials the attention span but they just went to go see $720 million worth of box. I went to go see James Bond. People are getting ready to go. Now, Spider-Man's different. It's one of those boring fucking comic book movies. Yeah, that, but that thing's going to be like two and a half hours long too. And people are going to go see that. Yeah. They have the attention span. Day one. If they're interested in what you're making. So Make I don't know. Make it more interesting it's, to me. I, I'm, this is the first I'm he- hearing of a Napoleon movie. Oh, it looks so th- great. From you. And right away, because I love history. Oh, I love history. Right away, I'm like, I'm there. I'm going to keep my eye on it. I'm going to look out for this. I'm going to look out for the trailer. I'm going to look out for a poster. So, uh, you know, I I get what you're saying on one hand, but I also agree with him a little, little tiny bit. But you know what? He's at that age that I really want to get at where I'm I'm older. I do not give a damn what you kids say i'm gonna speak my mind i'm gonna say whatever's on my mind and he's kind of it kind of seems like he's at the age where he doesn't care what it's gonna do to his career either because he's already had a wonderful legendary career so he's like oh i'm gonna speak my mind i don't care how crazy it sounds all right guys the question is for you what do you think about ridley scott blaming facebook and the twitties (laughs) and cell phones and millennials not wanting to learn anything for the failure of The Last Duel. A movie I like, by the way. But anyway, what's your guys' take on this? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to our final main topic today. Kim, what is our fourth main topic today? All right, our last one's coming from Brandon. Hello, John and crew. I had recently seen that Spider-Man... 
Spider-Man No Way Home is getting released in the UK two days prior to its US release. While I realize most movies are released staggered, do you think a movie as big as this one with the potential of spoilers should have a universal release day? Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And yeah, look, it, it was reported. We found out a little bit ago that Spider-Man No Way Home, which is opening on the 17th, I believe, I think it's the 17th in, uh, in North America, is actually going to be releasing in the UK on the 15th which puts it a couple of days before it opens here. Now, this has raised a concern with some people because we all know how, it, you know, as Ridley Scott would say, the Twitties, how the Twitties work, <laughs> that within about 10 minutes of the first sc public screening of Spider-Man No Way Home in the UK, yeah. the entire plot of the film is going to be out and online. And you're not crazy if you think that because that's exactly what's going to happen. It is going to play publicly for hundreds of thousands of people, maybe millions of people in another part of the world. And hopefully they're all going to be excited coming out of that theater. And they're going to pick up the bane of Ridley Scott's existence, the phone, and they're going to get on the Facebooks and they're going to get on the Twitties and they're going to start writing out the plot. And I'm not talking about like, like Shang-Chi, where it's like, oh, you know, this character shows up. No, we're talking about this character shows up and then he does this and then he does this and then he does this and then this happens to him and then this happens, which led us to this and this and this. I mean, look, the entire world has believed that Andrew Garfield and Peter Parker are going to be in this movie for over a year. The entire world's already known that. So it's, that's not going to be a big thing when that comes out. But I'm talking about like the whole plot of the movie. Is going to be out there. Just like with when Eternals, I remember five minutes after Eternals finished its first public screening, I mean, it I, it had people writing in, even to our, Ray, you know, people writing into our live chat board and writing in like the full plot, it's like trying to spoil it for people, saying everything. It's like, oh, this guy's actually the bad guy. He does this and he betrays this person and he murders them yeah. and then this. Uh, and it's everywhere, right? And it's everywhere at that point. And so... I don't think somebody's being paranoid by asking, hey, if this thing opens a couple days, is it going to be everywhere online? Is like all the full plot details going to be everywhere online by the time this thing comes out? And the answer to that, unfortunately, is probably yeah. It's probably yeah. It's probably going to happen. It, it'll, it'll probably be there. So what's the answer to that? Well, you got you to gotta take responsibility for yourself and stay offline for a couple of days. If you are really, really, look, I, I've given this example before, but I will say it again. When Sons of Anarchy was on, one of my top three all-time favorite shows, and I wasn't going to be able to watch an episode the moment it came out, I knew, well, I'm going to have to stay offline or at least stay off Twitter until I have a chance to watch it in six hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, whatever, because I knew people are going to talk about it. So I got to keep myself, I got to sequester myself from Twitter and all that kind of stuff for a couple of days. The one time I forgot to do that was the episode where Opie died. <laughs> it was like, I actually read it on in a tweet oh, no. before I had a chance to see the episode. I'm like, well, I got nobody to blame but myself. Um, so there's that. Now, and here's compounding the problem. It's not just the UK that's opening in. I think it's like seven countries. Seven countries. We oh, got, shoot. it's opening in Finland on the 15th. 
It's opening in France, in the UK, in Indonesia, in Ireland, in South Korea, in Norway, in Russia, in Sweden, and in Taiwan. That's how many countries it's opening in. And by the way, in Italy. And in Italy. To all my fellow Italians out there. Uh, non rovinari Spider-Man. Grazie amici. Hmm? Uh, anyway, so it's going to be opening in Italy too. So it's, it's opening in a lot of places. So there's going to be a lot of people out there who will have seen the movie, know the, ever, the whole plot, millions of people, and they're going to be able to get online and they're going to be able to start talking about so how it. many days is this before the movie releases two days it's two days yeah so that so it opens in all those countries on the 15th and then it opens here on the 17th but listen there's also a bunch of countries that it opens um the day before because while it opens in all those countries on the 15th look at all the countries it opens on the 16th which is still the day before it opens in north america argentina australia brazil chile colombia uh Czechia, germany denmark croatia hungary mexico malaysia the netherlands portugal singapore slovakia wow. and ukraine are all opening before they open here in the u.s in canada and estonia spain india and all the other places that's a, let me get this place it so it's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one twenty two twenty three twenty four twenty five twenty six twenty seven twenty eight twenty eight countries before it opens here that's a lot of people can a lot you block of tweets. countries on the check in the chat <laughs> yeah can you just block <laughs> entire countries on the live chat before it can get in so yeah, look, it's it's probably going to happen. So look, the question then becomes, well then shouldn't they, you know, do a global release date? I've been advocating for something like a global release date thing for a long time. Like back in the movie when the big problem facing the movie industry was piracy. It's like, "Hey, guess what? The piracy is happening because the movies get released here and then there's other countries in the world that hear Americans talking about the movie all the time, but they're not getting it for like 6 more weeks." And so it's encourages piracy. Do a global release date. Gonna, but I get it. Movie theaters or movie distributors understand that we'll maximize our, maximize our profits if we put it in this market on this day. We'll maximize our profits if we put it in this other market on another day. And I get that. And listen, for a lot of movies, it doesn't matter. Because a lot of people will say, well, you know, heaven's sakes. You know, Ghostbusters Afterlife came out in one country on one day and another country on another. Yeah, but every once in a while, you get a movie like Spider-Man no way home that listen i think that the whole um thing about oh is is andrew or toby going to be in it I, I think those are barely scratching the surface of all the stuff that is going to be in spider-man no way home i think there are going to be surprises in this movie that exceed any of that other stuff. I honestly do. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be surprises in this thing that are going to shake the world, the movie loving world at any rate. And so when you got that level of stuff, it becomes all the more dangerous. Not so many people care about what happens in the third act of the last duel. All due apologies to Ridley Scott, but not, you know, the, the world isn't waiting to find out what's the twist in act three of the last duel. So people aren't getting online and tweeting it out all over the place. Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be one of those movies. 
Because, Ray, it's got all the big surprises. Big surprises. <laughs> it's got them all. It's going to have all the big you know, surprises. You know, it's hard not to get spoiled, especially if you're looking or if, like, you know, you're just in this. If you're a movie fan, you know, you're going to hear stuff. But I, did, I don't think anyone could take away the experience of seeing something for the first time on screen. Yeah. But even if you know what's going to happen or not. Yeah. It's just that they'll never be able to take away that moment. So, like, that's that's what happened with Endgame with me. But then when I saw it, it was just like, you didn't take that away from me. You can't spoil that for me. You know, that's so true because I was just talking about my experience with uh, Sons of Anarchy and Opie. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's my own fault. I saw it on Twitter before I watched it because I was a day late watching the episode. But when I watched the episode, it didn't take anything away from it. Like, I was still like... Like, oh, I still had all the feels and all the emotions and all the pain because he was my favorite character on that show. I, I had all of it even still. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. To, so I don't let me ask either of you guys. I'm proposing you just got to stay offline for 48 hours, probably even less than yeah. 48 hours, probably more like 40 hours, 44 hours. You just got. Is there anything else people can do to try to avoid this? Close this chat. <laughs> Close the chat. Yeah. I think we're going to have to shut down the chat those two days. I mean, you're going to have to be no. real, no, real careful monitoring everything but, on the chat. You know, there. the problem with the chat is you can't screen the messages before they are put in the chat, which I wish they had. Yeah, I wish because, they had that like, feature. They just need one second. And then, like, you're just reading through the chat and you'll read it and you'll be like, oh, darn. You know, I, I don't see why people get a kick out of that, you know, but yeah, by doing that. But... I, you know, that's a really good point. I wish YouTube had that feature that said, like that, like give it like a thirty second delay there, where you, the moderator, can see the the chat going out. But there's a thirty second delay before it actually posts publicly. But for then even to see. YouTube, people will scroll through their like home feed, and then some channel will have a screenshot already or something like that, and have a headline. And it's like there's no way you could get away from it. Like even sometimes you're not even looking for this stuff, and you just accidentally run into it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you're saying, like, stay off social media. That's why I'm not on social media. <laughs> I still like to be surprised during movies. There's a couple of movies that I, that I was still surprised uh, watching, like um, with the uh, the new Suicide Squad. There's a couple of things that happened there that uh that I was surprised at uh when they occurred. So you know, I still enjoy that that part of movie watching. It's 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 gonna be a big thing because it's all anybody. It's the big look. It's easily easily the biggest movie to come out since 2019. And this, it's not just like big like oh I can't wait to see this. There's so many secrets. Yes, mm -hmm. I, so call, I, call many it, secrets. I call a movie like this big secrets. Big secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I call a movie like this a top secret movie. You know yeah. because it's not just a script. Like no d director wants their script to get out, but a Marvel script. Oh, that's unlock and key. I will be fasting social media from the 15th until I see the movie. I won't be on YouTube, um, hardly ever on Twitter. I won't be on Instagram. And like I already am not, I really won't be on Facebook. There's no way to avoid it. You just have to be disciplined. And I don't know what joy people get. It's a sinister joy to be like, I can't wait to spoil it. Oh, by the way, Cap gets the hammer. Like... What do you get out of that? Like, you know how exciting it was for you. Why do that to someone else? Come on, man. But one thing I will tell you, I sure hope that no critics slip up <laughs> like they have been. Oh, Forbes will. 
And these <laughs> oh, people poor, who poor really don't all understand <laughs> the passion of, you know, comic book fans everywhere. And they just start slipping stuff because they think it's cool. Don't freaking do that. It's not cool. You're not awesome for doing it. You're not in the know. You're being an ass. Don't do that. First. Don't spoil it. You know. It's Because that's a, for people who really love the, the franchises. It's such a special moment. I love surprises. I, 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 I definitely cried at Endgame and not when Tony died. I cried when Cap got the hammer. Like for, for those of us who love these characters, that's such an emotional moment. Don't take that from somebody that you know what it's like. And I'm going to go there. It's like being, being at a gender reveal party mm. and you bite into your cupcake or whatever the heck they're doing early. And you come near the mom and go, you excited for a girl? Because you're going to have one. You <laughs> stupid son of a... That's what that's like. That It's like the guy that spoils the gender reveal. Don't be that Because I can totally see Forbes writing... And by the way, I love Forbes. We quote Forbes here all the time. I Talking love you, Forbes. Forbes. But they they have this habit in their reviews. I'm just giving everything away. And I could totally see a Spider-Man No Way Home review coming out of Forbes and basically saying, uh, there's a marvelous part in Act 2 when Professor Charles Xavier... Uh, comes through Son and has it. a heart-to-heart -heart talk with Peter about the responsibilities of managing and learning how to deal with his power accurately. And then Blade, uh, you That's know... That's when my phone goes through the yeah, wall. Blade, you know, uh, echoes the professor's thoughts. And at that point in time, Luke Skywalker arrives with his lightsaber. Read the room, Bob. Yes. Yeah, do, do you think this Spider-Man, not only, you know, how you're saying it's going to be the biggest Spider-Man, it could be the most important movie, right? Because it'll show... At, do you think yeah yeah do you think it'll show like where spider-man is going from here or do you still think that's dr strange or i i look, i think it's either dr strange 2 or this movie i i think this movie at minimum introduces the catalyst that will take spider-man out of the mcu and then the his actual leaving the mcu will either happen in spider-man dr strange 2 but he may not be leaving the mcu at all like I, I that's just my speculation i don't know that for a fact that's just me guessing but i think this is going to be not just a very fun movie. I think this is going to be a pivotally important movie for the MCU. A pivotally important movie for the MCU. Not just for this one movie, but for what is coming after it. So, yeah, I think and, it's going to be really and important. And if it's good, you could um, put the, this series or franchise as one of the best trilogies out there. You know how you always bring up... It, know. It's, listen, if this movie is as good as, say, Homecoming then it's in the conversation for best superhero trilogy. I'm not saying it is the best superhero trilogy. I still think that's Captain America, but, or, you know, and, or maybe the dark Knight one, but it gets into the conversation because homecoming was great. Far from home was so good. And if no way home can kind of even just be on that level, let alone exceed it, I think it has to then be in the conversation. I mean, there's there's a lot of good big things that can come out of this it's for this Spider-Man movie. It's coming up. It's coming up. And when that new trailer drops on the 29th, <laughs> oh, man, I tell oh, you, yeah. all the tickets to be followed by hashtag 22 Tuesday. Oh. It's either gonna be it's either gonna be ketchup egg Tuesday or 22 Tuesday. It's gonna be one of the two. We'll see which one it goes with. Anyway, the question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Like, are you concerned about the fact that there are a number of countries, including, you know, the UK that is getting this movie and the audiences are going to be seeing it publicly days before it opens up in North America? Are you worried about that? Are you not so worried about that? Whatever you guys are thinking about it, jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts.
Okay, guys. With that down, a bunch of you guys have been sending in your thoughts and opinions using the Super Chat feature on the YouTube live stream. And again, you can only use it if you're watching the show live. So let's get on over there right now and hear some of the thoughts and opinions you guys have been sharing. So, Kim, what are we starting with? All right, guys. This is coming from Fanjecture. Not trying to be hyperbolic, but Arcane might turn out to be the Game of Thrones of animated series minus the last season. Yes, I know you like it. Um, it's so funny that you send that in because I was saying the exact same thing to Kim before the show started. That this is the Game of Thrones of literally animated word series. for word fanjecture. Yeah. Like, yeah, he literally said that before we opened our computers. That that was such a weird moment. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's, that's exactly saying. I I absolutely agree. And yes, season eight of Game of Thrones was awesome. I don't care what anybody else says. It was awesome. It was rushed. It was too short, but it was awesome nonetheless. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I agree, Fanjector. All right, what's next? Stefan Delant Warder says, "Haven't seen Arcane yet, but would like to recommend another animated series on Netflix, Maya and the Three. It's a limited one-season show." Oh, thanks for putting that on our radar, Stefan. I've not heard of it, but you have now just put it on my radar and everybody else's radar. So I'll keep my eyes open for it. Thanks, man. All right, what's next? Unbeatable says, "Damn, Spidey spoilers, boy, oh boy! I can't wait for this whole internet." fad to die down and go away <laughs> the internet fad <laughs> ah ridley scott them damn kids ruining everything all right what's next a marcella sends in a super chat and says blades mentor is jamal afari not whistler oh whistler was based off this character and created specifically for the 90s spider-man animated series and the blade movies i think delroy lindo is jamal maybe that's possible i but whistler is the one everybody thinks of today I mean, that, that's yeah. just what everybody thinks of today. He would be a great whistler, but I still prefer the idea of him as a villain, though. Still prefer the idea of him as a villain. We'll see if that actually, maybe even Dracula, but I doubt Dracula. But who knows? All right, what's next? Richard K. sends in a $60. Oh, my gosh. And 73 cent super chat. Thank you, Richard, for supporting our channel on that level, man. Seriously, thank that was very generous of you. Thanks, dude. What did Richard have to say? He says, do you think we will get a movie or Disney Plus show about the origins of the Sith and how the first Jedi turned to the dark side and about the history of Sith on Korriban and what made them turn and why would love to learn about the origins of the Sith? Honestly, Richard, no. And I'll, I'll tell you what else. I disagree I don't want that show. You don't. I don't need everything explained. I find the times when when Star Wars has kind of gone off the deep end is when they when they've decided that you know all these mysteries need to explain them all. Where does the force come from? Uh, 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 somebody sees a mosquito. Midichlorians, little microscopic creatures that live in your wait what? Yeah, midichlorians. <laughs> And then we, you can stick a needle in and get a little blood sample. And you can tell how many midichlorians you have. L like somebody can tell if I have a B vitamin deficiency. That's how you can tell if someone's <laughs> got the force. Yeah, you see, it's in the blood. It's these little amounts. Of as soon as they start trying to explain the mysteries of stuff and they start pulling back the curtain, that's to me when you start losing interest, at least to me. I'll tell you what, I'm not interested in a Star Wars show about you know, the origins of the Sith. I'm not, like, there's already some mythology to that. I don't need a story about the first Jedi that turns to the dark side. There's already mythology about that. Leave that, I, I personally feel like you just leave that alone. You don't have to explain O-Vision everything. 
And I think you should leave that part alone and just move on. Now, if they did it, it would obviously get a lot of attention. And of course, I would watch it. But yeah, I got to say, I disagree. I don't want that series to get made. Hmm. I Like early days of the Jedi. Yes. Early days of the Jedi Sith conflict. Sure. Explain everything. Yeah, I find when Star Wars tries to get into explain on everything, they start to drop the ball. Like, have you seen the way they've tried to start to explain all the ridiculous nonsense about the Emperor since the rise of since the rise of Skywalker? They've been trying to put out all this explain-o stuff about it now that just makes it more pathetic and more awful. And so I'm just like, you know what? Just 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 lean into your strengths. Lean into your strengths. Like finishing things before you like talk about them. Like finishing things, yes. All right. Anyway, thanks for writing that in, Richard. You are certainly not alone in that opinion. I've heard other people bring that up too, so you're not alone in that. I'm just saying for me personally, I would rather them not, but who knows? We'll see what the future holds. Thanks for sending that in, man. And again, thank you for supporting us on that level, Richard. Nikita Monahan says, hey, John, Ray, and Kimberly, they just finished announcing next year's Grammy nominees a few minutes ago live. Please share your thoughts on the music nominees for best visual media like Agatha all along. I'm not going to lie to you, Nikita. I, I, I couldn't give two squirts of urine about the about the uh, what is it again? The Grammy. Grammy. I, I could I honestly could not spare two drops of my urine to care about what the Grammy. Not, I, I, I'm not saying nobody else should. I'm not saying nobody else should. I'm saying I don't give a squirt of piss about it. So I can't give you my opinions on it. For all I know, I don't know, is Justin Bieber nominated? Yeah, he sure is. Is, what was that old band my Never dad used to live to? Ario Speedwagon? I don't know. What was the name oh of that old God. band? I can't remember. It's Ario Speedwagon? Holy no, I don't care. I don't, have you, did, I don't, did, look, or you're Grandpa. laughing at me, but did you see the Grammy nominees? <laughs> I didn't see him. I read him. Um... I think I think Agatha all along. Um, I I didn't see all of them. I saw like the headliners as Justin Bieber, her. Oh my God, I love her. Um, Isn't she Filipino? John Baptiste. Yeah, half black, half Filipino. Yeah, that's why Anne loves her so much. Yeah, she's just so dope. Oh my gosh, so dope. Um, I, I I like the Grammys. I I think it's cool that um, I didn't know that best visual media Agatha all along. I think that's cool that that um, Marvel's making its way into all these different mediums. That's really or, neat. Or it's just the Grammys' desperate I mean, way cool. to stay relevant by saying let's nominate, let's find some way to nominate an MCU thing. Now that could. Be Maybe true. I'm just being pessimistic. If they had Agatha on Tiny Desk, that would be Maybe. Like, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, Gollum LaBelle sends in a super chat. Thank you. Kevin Cow says, John, love this new format. Feels like the AMC days. Oh, thank you, Kevin. I'm having a really good time. Thanks for sharing that, man. Michael Antonucci says, hey, John, just a reminder that I am hoping for a Hawkeye or Hawkeye Open spoiler discussion. I am hearing good things. I know you may not be interested in the show, but I am hoping you give it a try. Oh, time out. I have never said I'm not interested in the Hawkeye series. I just said the Jesus honest truth that the trailers are terrible. They are. Y'all need to come to Jesus and accept the truth into your heart that the Hawkeye trailers are awful. That being said, I totally believe that the series is going to be great. I am also hearing good things. And good news, it's game day! Today is game day! Hawkeye Tonight premieres for those living in my time. I just time sent you the night. thumbnail, too. Oh, and Ray just sent me the thumbnail. Where did you email it I to me? I emailed it to you. I'll, let me open up the email. Ray just made the thumbnail. For our open spoiler discussion. It's really... And let me see if I can find it here. That's the wrong one. I want to see if I can find the... Oh, there it is. That's oh, my best. God. <laughs> That's like the best one I've ever okay, seen. Okay, wait a second. I'm going to bring this up here if I can. I'm going to try to bring this up. 
Uh, but I, I feel like I just lost it. Hold on a second. Um, I lost it. Let me try this again. Let's see. Um, there it is. Okay. I'm going to try bringing it up on the screen so you guys can see this amazing Hawkeye open spoiler discussion. Here it is. The Hawkeye <laughs> open spoiler discussion. Ray just made... But, oh, did you just put a ketchup yeah, bottle? Yeah, but in the I made background? I made one without it. I made one without it. I just wanted to show. I just wanted to troll you, you a little son bit. Of a bitch. There's a ketchup and there's an egg at the bottom on the right, just for all the cats to see. Oh, I just oh saw the egg. God. I just saw the egg too. Oh um, so yeah. Yeah, but I made a, I made one without it. I just I, I was just, I'm just having a little fun. Son of a bitch! Put a freaking Heinz <laughs> ketchup bottle weird. in the top with <laughs> eggs in the bottom. Anyway. So yeah, here. It is. So yes, guys. Tomorrow afternoon at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That gives you guys tonight and most of tomorrow. Like if you're on the East Coast, that's like 7 p.m. That gives you guys a lot of opportunity to watch Hawkeye. So we will be doing our open spoiler discussion. Uh, for Hawkeye, for the for the first couple of episodes that dropped tonight, that hairdo actually works on me. Yeah, it does. Maybe <laughs> maybe I should go for it. Maybe I should go for that Jeremy Renner hairdo. Mm -hmm. I'll give that a shot. All right. Um, yeah, there's that. Yeah. So yes, yes. Today is game day. We it's on tonight. Tomorrow's the post game show. We will absolutely be talking about that. So uh, we hope to uh, see you there joining us for that. All right. What's next? Ross Pitt Shark Hunter says, John, Arcane is better than Avatar, better than Invincible, yes. better than Paw Patrol. Yes. How could this be, John? Yeah, it's, uh, and I'm sure that's exactly how he said it. Paw Patrol is like, so dope. Can you do an entire episode talking like that? I would yes. <laughs> that would be so Yes. Funny. Oh my God. Yes, I can. I would kill for an entire episode like that. Okay. If I lose a bet, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's, oh. Then we got the odds for that bet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think this show is better than Invincible. I think this show is better than Avatar. I think this show is better than... I, again, I I think this is the best animated series I've ever seen. I, granted, a part of that just might be the hype. I just finished watching it yesterday. Maybe I'll feel a little bit different you know, a few weeks from now, but let right now marinate. I think it's... Let it marinate a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I maybe know you were high on uh, Invincible, so... Uh, yeah, oh, I love Invincible. I love Invincible. Invincible's great. But I think this is even better. But anyway, all right, there's that. All right, what's next? All right, Ross Pittson's in a super chat. He was just correcting his spelling. Oh, no problem. Arcane Thanks for the correction, No, Ross. I got you. I got you. Um, Dan's production says, John, have you not seen Batman animated series? Yeah, Batman the MCs is awesome. I think this is better. I mean, that's how much I like this show because you know I really like the Batman the Animated Series. I think this is better. But again, ask me again next month. Maybe I'll feel differently. All right, what's next? John Redcorn says, damn shame King Richard flopped so hard. Damn HBO Max. Uh, yeah, imagine that. Everybody's saying this movie's amazing. It's so good. It made like, what, $5 million? How much did it make it opening weekend? A I can't sad remember. Amount. A, 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 a remember sad, that. sad amount. Oh, sad. surprise, surprise. HBO Max has put it up. Warner Brothers put it on HBO Max on the same day. Never what do you think do is going to happen? Man. This has happened all year. This has happened all year with this idiotic plan of theirs. And uh, it is. And I'm not saying King Richard was never going to be a hundred million dollar opening movie. That was never going to happen. But it was never. It also shouldn't have been this low. But anyway, there's that. All right. What's next? Willie A says powder becomes the antagonist. I won't complain about the lack of a spoiler warning because knowing that only makes me need to see the arc more. It's actually all in the synopsis of the show. It's actually in the description of the show. Like that's just, 
the setup. Yes, the the two sisters uh, end up being, uh, uh, let's just say, uh, on opposite sides of things. But that's all in the synopsis of the series. So no big spoiler there. All right, what's next? Crashing Coyote says, Netflix movies suck, but their video game adaptation series have been great. Witcher and Arcane gives me hope for their Assassin's Creed and Avatar series. Technically speaking, point of order, Witcher is not a video game adaptation. They were The showrunners were very, very clear that this was not adapted from the video game. It's adapted from the books that the video um, game you know, is, is also based on. So there's that. But yes, listen, their series are always great. And I just saw Tick, Tick, Boom. Hey, listen, I crap on Netflix for the original movies all the time, so I got to call when they make a good one. And that was a good one. Some, but pe some people like the Castlevania, too. I'm not sure. Oh, Anne loves Castlevania. If it's after the video game or not. But Yeah, Anne loves Castlevania. They do a great job with their series. Netflix, I honestly think only HBO. Only HBO does a better job with series. Other than that, Netflix is right at the top of the pecking order. All right, what's next? All right, Dennis Production sends in a two-parter. He says, not excited to see the sequel characters. They should just focus on The Mandalorian. Uh, no, I disagree about that. I think the moment... It, Star Wars should never just focus on one thing. And it, they shouldn't just focus on The Mandalorian. Mandalorian's cool. Mandalorian's great. I love Mandalorian. You know that I do. But the Star Wars is a big, vast universe. You can move on past The Mandalorian and do a lot of other cool things. But I agree, it shouldn't be the uh, the sequel trilogy characters. All right, what's next? Dinosaurs Limbo says, two facts in life. Cowboy Bebop is the best animated thing, and Kimberly is the best host. Oh, big hug with my little arms. Aww. Oh, okay, because his name's Dinosaur Limbo. Uh, I'm not a big Cowboy Bebop guy. I, I I mean, I tried it a bit. It's it's all right, but you know, it's just not one for me. Yeah. Or, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me Let me be inspired by Ridley Scott. Cowboy Bebop is fucking boring. Only made for them Twitty character kitties. That's all. No, no. It's just it's just not. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop wasn't really for me. That's all. All right. What's next? SH says, excuse me, secured a PS5 after a year of hunting. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I am so happy about that. And of course, I got my buddy Ryan to thank me for that, uh, to thank for that. Uh, I'm very, very excited to get my hands on this damn thing. It's been a while. It's been a long time coming. All right, what's next? I, I have a quick question for you, John. Yes. I'm not a video game gal. Right. The boys are. Why is it so hard to get your hands on it? Because I, I remember when it Chip came shortage. out. Chip shortage. Chip shortage. Chip shortage. It's the same reason. It's oh. honestly the same reason why okay. people are having an impossible time getting their hands on uh, graphics cards why people why while new cars are so people are having so such a hard time having like you want to go get a, a tesla today you got to put in your order maybe you get it by april or may oh, i mean wow it's just yeah it's a general chip shortage uh, i didn't so, know that so they're selling like hotcakes for sure but also limited supply because of chip shortage i see thank right, you for answering next? my question dinosaurs limbo says co-host i meant to say kimberly is my favorite co-host please don't fight mom and dad i love you both <laughs> that's all good dinosaur all <laughs> trust right, me they next? keep me humble <laughs> um rep proctor says i still think spider-man the animated series is still the best animated show I've seen even with a cliffhanger ending and no resolution. Didn't think I would enjoy Arcane, but I did. Yeah, I again I am just so impressed with Arcane. Like it it is truly mature level storytelling, intricate plot, everything weaving together and that makes this big world, multiple cogs in the machine that play vitally important roles. And even then more and more, like there's this one scene where this one character's mother shows up, like near getting into the final episodes. And this one lady's mother, who's like the head of some tribe somewhere else shows up. And this is a, Anne referred to her as, as like 
oh, she's the boss bitch. I'm like, yeah, I think that's probably the best way to put it. <laughs> like, as this lady shows up, who's like this one character who's like a counselor, she's prime and refined and beautiful and whatever, but she comes from like this warrior clan and her mom shows up and her mom is the fucking female undertaker. I mean, she's mm -hmm. just got this huge physical presence and she's like totally like uses men like left, right, and center. It's like this total, as, as Ann said, a boss bitch that so she just shows up. It's like, ah, but it's like, it does that. It goes deeper on all the characters and then it introduces more characters and gives them equal depth. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Okay, anyway, sorry about that. What's next? Cool beans. Cutter Hale sends in a 1999 super chat. Thank, Thank you, you, man. I think it's unfair for Ridley Scott to blame younger audiences for the movie flopping. I'm 22. I saw the movie. Hell, I'm seeing Gucci tonight. So for him to blame people my age is absurd. People can't see everything out. Uh, I mean, look, obviously it's completely absurd. Everything that Ridley Scott said is absurd. It's absolutely. I mean, we were laughing about it, but look, serious time. It's idiotic. What he said is, let's just call it. He's a genius. He's brilliant. I love his films. A lot of them, <laughs> not all of them, but I love his films. But what he said was straight up ignorant. It was an ignorant thing to say, and it wasn't smart either because that stuff like this can bite you in the ass. I mean, I, I've still get comments from people because um, Handsome Hawk, Ethan Hawk has got that, uh, the, I think it's called The Black Phone. He's oh, got that, that new horror scary. movie coming out. Yeah. That looks really good, right? I have still gotten emails from people because Ethan Hawk said years ago, something pretty disparaging about one of people's favorite comic book movies or something, right? I'm not saying it's right that people should hold on to those grudges, but you've got to understand that audiences can be fickle. And if you don't need to say something antagonizing like that, yeah, just say, just be diplomatic about it. I, I, I don't know. It's, it, I just afraid he's going to hurt himself in the long run. Wouldn't All it be right. funny if he came out of no way home in tears and was like, I've changed. It's this is my the mind. greatest, most moving it was movie. Amazing. All right. What's next? A Marcellus says as a SW fan, super what, star Wars. Star, sorry, guy. All these things I try to remember as a SW, star Wars fan that wants to move forward from the Skywalkers and anyone associated with them. I'd rather they jump a hundred to 150 years in the future. That's a lot of time for a new Jedi order to be established. I'll go. I'll agree and go one step further. Marcellus. I would rather them jump 30, 40, 50, hundred years in the future or a thousand years into the past. Do one of those two things. Go old Republic, go hundred years in the future. I, so I am with you. Just move into a new time era. That's kind of what I'm looking for. All right. What's next? Joel B. Harry says, looking forward to when Ray dresses as a ballerina <laughs> and it gives him the great idea of opening up an OnlyFans account. Ray or oh, OnlyFans. Wow. <laughs> no, no. Ray want Ray. The people no. have spoken. The people want oh, it. Do they want it? <laughs> Big surprises. <laughs> <laughs> or smaller surprises. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. <sighs> okay. What? What's next before we <laughs> go guys, down that rabbit hole? Freaking hilarious. <laughs> Casey Mack says, there is some people I know that feel like if they're going to go to the theaters these days, they'd rather see a fun action type flick rather than seeing a film like The Last Duel or Green Knight. I mean, look, th th that's part of the reality. That has been true ever since Jaws. I mean, yeah, the, the, the fun spectacle films 
are going to get the attention more of the average movie-going audience. And that's not new. That's been that way for decades. But the dramatic, serious movies can also have really good success. There have been many, 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 many examples of that. So, yeah, the comic book movies are going to get the, the James Bond, the, the Mission Impossibles, the Jurassic Parks. These are probably going to get more attention for the average movie-going fans who just want to go and have this big, bombastic kind of experience. But there is also a very good-sized audience out there for other content. And don't blame... Don't start pointing fingers and blaming other people because... Not enough wanted to come out to see yours. So, yeah, there's that. All right, what's next? Matthew Holmes sends in a super chat and says, Billie Eilish may have helped No Time to Die. I think that might have been true had No Time to Die opened when it was supposed to open. Because I remember they dropped the Billie Eilish single like a, a little bit before the original yeah. release date. But over a year passed after that. So, honestly, I'm not quite sure how big of an impact playing one Billy. I look, I'll tell you right now, U2 is my all-time favorite band. I've never gone to a movie because I heard a U2 song was in it. So, I mean, again, Billie Eilish has a very popular and passionate following, and maybe that would have been true if the movie did open just two months after they dropped the single. But a year later, I, I, I doubt it had much of an impact. I doubt it had much of an impact. All right, what's next? Um, Guy May LaBelle sends in a super chat. Thank, Thank you. you. Spencer Nielsen says, LOL, Boomer Ridley is my favorite Ridley. What a wacky cat. Well, listen, ain't gonna lie. This is something to talk about. <laughs> Boomer Ridley. Get off my law. Again, all I can see is the old, is the Scooby-Doo villain, the old man Scooby-Doo villain. There. And I would have gotten away with the last duel, too, if it wasn't for these damn kids. Like, that's all I can see in my head now. All right, what's next? Max Papanu says, hey, John and company. So, there are so many good options of movies to see this weekend. Encanto, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, Ghostbusters Afterlife, King Richard, House of Goosey. Gucci, so many. I'm not so sure about Resident Evil, but I didn't even remember that was coming. I out. think yeah, the, the trailer. The, you know what? The trailers aren't too bad. The trailers, but yeah, I am. I'm going to see House of Gucci tonight. I'm going to go see Encanto on Thursday. I'm dying to see those. I got. I got to obviously work in uh, King Richard here. But there's. You're right. If you're a film fan, there are some really good options. I mean, it's. We forget that it has been a while. It's since 2019 where each weekend comes and there's like, ooh, there's a, there's a big list of options. There's a menu of options. Of movies. You're right, listen to this. This weekend, you can go see Encanto getting huge reviews. Yeah. Um, if you're into the Resident Evil stuff, yep. they're not my thing, but if you're into the Resident Evil stuff, that's there. You got Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is fantastic. It's a wonderful film. King Richard is getting Oscar buzz already. Mm -hmm. House of Gucci looks fantastic. I can't wait. I mean, there's a lot of great options. You're absolutely right, Max. And it, we should really be aware of the fact and be grateful that and, and appreciate the fact that we're now in a place where a weekend comes and we got a whole oh. bunch of good movies you can go see. Uh -oh. And Resident Evil is one hour and 47 minutes. Oh, that might be. You can go see. That, no, actually, I actually do want to see this movie. I, I get a kick out of the Resident Evil series. But well, there you go. They, and it's not over two hours. Yeah, and they, they're dumb, but you know what? They're fun. Well, we'll see how this one goes. All right, what's next? Dinosaurs Limbo says, I went to see The Last Duel, but someone sent me a Snapchat and forgot where I was. I'll buy a phone with buttons <laughs> and hope it goes better next time. I'm not going to lie. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I don't know, but it sounds funny. What, does, does, wait, does Snapchat like automatically turn your phone on? Or like, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I never used Snapchat. 
I don't think, does anybody even still use it? I don't know, but the idea of a phone with buttons, I don't know why that's so funny because it's been so long. Anyway. <laughs> All right, what's next? <laughs> Al Renshaw says, personally, don't mind if No Way Home spoilers get leaked. Look, I'm with you. I, I don't personally really care about them, but I mean, I don't want to ruin something for other people. I mean, hell, look, I was a gog and a gas when I put up those one set of pictures that I thought were fake and I then I find out like five minutes later that they might be real i pulled them down as fast as i can because i was a gog and a ghast but i mean yeah i just you don't want to spoil things for other people intentionally like you don't like so i don't mind if i hear what goes on i don't want to like all things being equal i'd rather go in pretty clean but if i accidentally find out look i know the titanic sinks okay I it'll know the ruin titanic. my day would it ruin your day it'll ruin my whole freaking day yeah well the, I, there was a spoiler of the whole uh, eternals Right. And um, I didn't know about the end credit scene. Someone spoiled that for me. And we're supposed to go to the movies. And everyone was like, what? Are you okay? And I was like, I'm pissed. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be pissed all day. All right. What's next? Al Renshaw says, who else is excited to see John eat ketchup on eggs on the 29th? Hashtag I stand with I'm telling Ray. You, a new spot is coming the 29th. <laughs> I'm telling you, a new spot is coming the 29th. Ray? After, after the super chat questions are done, we will finalize the details. The details. The we'll, we'll get the lawyers involved yeah. and we'll figure out all the ins and outs. Because out. there has been new, new evidence that has been brought up. There has? Yeah. What evidence is that? No, no, no. Just, a, <laughs> just of the bet. Not evidence, but like, you know, certain details that were forgotten. Really? That. Okay, yes. you and I will have to talk right about that afterwards. Chat. All let's, right. Let's give the super chat the time. All right, let's get back to the super chats. What's next? Christopher Breckner says, A problem I have with continuing Ray's story is that it will be her rebuilding the Jedi Order. And for decades after return, if the Jedi it was, oh, there's a second part, Luke's destiny to rebuild and fix the Jedi Order and fix its mistakes. But I, f but. It feels to me they robbed Luke's destiny and gave it to Ray. That's just how I feel, and I can understand those who disagree. Yeah, I disagree with that. I, 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 this whole thing about, and I'll, I'll tell you why I disagree with it. I disagree when, when fans and audiences think this is what should happen to the character. The best stories aren't about characters doing what they should do and having the things you want to have happen to them and with them happening. It's about going on the journey of finding what happens. Again, I bring, look, real life. I was talking the other day about if the story of Mike Tyson was a movie, and I'm not talking about making a biopic. I'm just saying if the story of Mike Tyson was a movie, people would get up in arms saying, they robbed the Mike Tyson character of his, by having him lose to a Buster Douglas. Now, Buster Douglas didn't earn it because if it was just a fictional movie, yeah. the Buster Douglas character didn't earn it. Well, guess what? That's what happens in life, right? The unexpected happens. Things happen. You, you have a plot and a plan and things you want to go and then life changes and goes in different directions. And I, it, it confuses me that audiences are so resistant to that in our narratives, right? It, one of the great examples of this, there's an old movie uh, called Misery okay. and with James Caan and yeah. Kathy Bates. And the basic idea of Misery, for those who haven't seen it, and I actually believe Kathy Bates's character is representative of a lot of today's fandom. <laughs> so for those who don't know the movie, Kathy Bates, uh, James Caan is a writer and he's written 
this character called Misery and written an entire series of books about this female character, Misery. And now he's finally decided to end the Misery story. And he's going to move on from, from Misery. And he writes the final draft of his final book. And I think Misery, I can't remember, I think Misery dies in it at, at whatever rate. So while he's going on vacation, he gets into a car accident. And he's got the final draft that he's getting ready to deliver to his publisher. And Kathy Bates finds him, brings him back to her house to heal him up and stuff like that. And she knows who he is. She's his biggest fan. She loves the Misery character. And she ends up reading the draft and becomes angry with James Caan that you can't do this to Misery. You can't do this to Misery. And basically now ties him down, holds him hostage, says, you can't leave. I'm, I'm, I'm summing it up very bit generally. You can't leave until you change what happens to Misery. You change what happens to Misery. And even with this iconic scene where he was going to try to get away, so she takes the sledgehammer and breaks his legs so he can't get away and get away. And honestly, that's kind of representative of how a lot of the fandom is today with its entitlement. That, no, no, you do this with the character. And you, you do this with the character. Well, how about we just see what happens to the character? Why don't we just see what happens? Instead of coming up with what we believe the narrative of this character should be. This is what he should say next. This is what should happen to him next. This is what weather the weather should be like on a day that he goes for a walk. This should be the type of dog. You know, it's let's just see what happens. To this. Let's let the storytellers tell the story and see what happens to the character. So I'm not saying that's you, Christopher, because you, you're being very respectful. I'm just saying that I find a lot of us in the fan community, I think I've been guilty of this myself too. We have such a sense of entitlement that we are Kathy Bates in misery. We are Kathy Bates in misery. And, and I'd like us to get back to something more normal. But I don't know. This is kind of my thought on that. All right. And, and Walter is pointing out in the live chat. Yeah, and she won an Academy Award for that, by the way. <laughs> like Kathy Bates won an Academy Award for that movie. It's a great movie. Do go check it out. Just don't live it out. All right. What's next? Ross Pitt Shark Hunter says, I'm 22 as of yesterday. and just Happy birthday, hey. Ross. Happy birthday. And just miss being a millennial. So I find it a tad unfair that he's not complaining to my generation. <laughs> I feel left out. You guys got to do more to get Ridley Scott's attention. Do something else that'll piss him off. All right. What's next? <laughs> the Fresh Prince of Asgard sends in a super chat. Thank you, Fresh Prince. That's a great username. A. Marcellus says, adding to what Chris just said... Oh, wait a second. Were we at Andy? Andy should be before A. Marcellus. Um, I have the Fresh Prince of Asgard and then A. Marcellus. I don't see. Really? After So there's Christopher Brickner. There's Christopher yeah. Brickner part two. That's funny. And then after him, you only see A. Marcellus. You don't see Andy? I don't. I don't have. Uh, but I'll read it from. I'll read it from this screen. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, I actually don't have it. That's weird. All right. Andy says. Speaking as a millennial who watched The Last Duel, my experience was ruined by adult Gen Zs. <laughs> These four idiots yelled out loud that the movie was boring while they left as 20 other people were watching. Yeah, I... Look, I don't encourage public violence uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but somebody who decided to leave... For, I don't mind if somebody wants to walk out of a theater. That's fine. But if somebody wants to walk out of a the theater and make a spectacle while they do it, I think I'd be tempted to follow them into the into the lobby and beat the shit out of them. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i not advocating that. It's the wrong thing to do. I'm just saying, 
that's what I would feel like. So, okay, so you're not having a good time. So you got to ruin it for everybody else. Assholes. I hate people like that. You know, sorry, this reminds me of my dad. Back when Six Sense came out, somebody at the water cooler was like, you got to see this movie. See, Bruce Willis is a ghost the whole time. <laughs> oh, and he no. starts his review with that and then goes Thinking into, and then helpful. this happens. And then this happens. Yeah. Thinking he's being yeah. helpful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hilarious. Yeah. All right. So funny. Now I see Andy. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Colin E says, Hey, Marcellus. You guys got me straight tripping, boo. Okay. A. Marcellus says, adding to what Chris just said, I am a fan of the expanded universe and make no apologies. I prefer that version of Luke and his Jedi order because they actually learned from the mistakes of Yoda's Jedi. I mean, no, listen, I, I have no problem with the expanded. I like the expanded universe stuff. I do. At least some of it. A lot of it is straight up garbage. Like a lot of the expanded universe was straight up garbage, but there was some pretty good stuff in there too. Um, and, but you know, they had to abandon it. This is the thing. Some people got mad that Lucasfilm abandoned the expanded universe stuff. Once Disney took over star Wars, but you had to, the expanded universe was such an unmitigated fucking mess. It was an unmitigated disastrous mess. And you, there, yeah, there were some things in there that were really, really great, but a lot of it was horrible too. Uh, just a quick question. Do you know how Chewbacca dies in the expanded universe? He got hit by a moon. No, literally. What? He got hit by a moon. He was he was down on this planet and trying to save a couple of the kids and uh, and a moon came down and crashed on him and he died. He got hit by a moon. That, that was their big explanation for how Chewie should die. They got hit by a moon. But no, there's, there's a lot of other things in the expanded universe that are just really bad. There's some cool things. The Yuzang Vong stuff was pretty cool. Obviously, the Grand Admiral Thrawn trilogy is fantastic. There's some good things, but amidst all those good things, there's a lot of crap, a lot of crap. And it was all convoluted and messed up. And, and Lucasfilm, before Disney took it over, they had they didn't just have canon. They had like seven levels of canon. Mm. And every level of canon had like a letter, like there's B level canon, C, and every level of canon meant something different. And then there was true canon that they called G canon, and G stood for George or George Lucas. And that's real, real canon. Then there's like everything else below it. Well, it's sort of canon, but not really canon. It was such a mess. There were like, and I remember having this discussion when it was first announced that Disney was taking it over and they were kind of doing away with the expanded universe. I remember talking to friends of mine too who who loved a lot of the expanded universe stuff. It's like they literally have no choice. There's no coherency there. You've got to do away with it and then cherry pick some stuff to bring over to the real canon now that you want to. They brought over Grand Admiral Thrawn. They brought over several things. But yeah, they, they had to get rid of it, unfortunately. All right, what's next? Okay, Collins E says, as a millennial, I loved Last Duel. It's one of the best of the year. Maybe Scott should blame Disney for releasing the film in a crowded October. Or maybe, like, I know he thinks they, they marketed it well. Maybe they should have marketed it a little bit differently or just understand, like, eh, maybe a period drama wasn't going to be the film that got audiences back out to theaters right now. Uh, just maybe that's that. All right, what's next? Thanks for sharing that, Collins. Thunder Knight says, I think the last dual bombing had a lot to do with having hardly any marketing and it being released in between No Time to Die and Dune. Well, I mean, I I did see a lot of marketing. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I saw a lot of marketing for the last dual. I just don't think people paid attention to it because they weren't interested. But Thunder Knight, you do bring up a good point. Getting sandwiched in between things like No Time to Die and Dune, that certainly didn't help. 
So if people are lim- are planning limited trips to the theaters, especially in the COVID era right now, they're probably going to pick Dune or No Time to Die to go see. So that might that might be a good observation there. All right, what's next? Excuse me. Christopher Breckner says, I disagree that there was no interest in the prequels after the movies. People wanted to see more Clone Wars and Ewan McGregor, Obi Project after Revenge. But I'm a prequels fan, so I am biased. You can disagree all you want, but the fact of the matter is this. While there is a core group of people that watch Clone Wars, nowhere near the amount of people that watch the movie saw Clone Wars. Maybe one out of every 20 people who went to go see the Star Wars prequel movies actually watched Clone Wars. I know a whole hell of a lot of people that have seen the Star Wars movies that have never watched Clone Wars. And I say this as a, as a Rebels fan. I love Rebels. I don't know a lot of people that have watched Rebels. Like outside of my immediate hardcore movie sphere of people, outside of that, I don't know a lot of people that have watched Rebels. Just the reality. So you can feel that way. But the reality is, no, the most people were ready to move on, just like I think most people are ready to move on after the sequel trilogy. It's just my take on it. All right, what's next? Vault of the Future says, Ridley Scott is accurate, and millennials don't want to watch his movie because of phones or whatever. It's still your job to make films that people actually want to see. If I reboot Baby Geniuses and no one goes to see it, I can't blame Disney+. And you can't blame the audience. Look, sometimes a movie will... Look, look at Squid Game right? Mm. There are a thousand squid games, shows like that, these smaller little projects that got made and then nobody pays attention to them. Every once in a while, something like that will catch lightning in a bottle and just spread like wildfire. I really like squid game, by the way. And it just spread like wildfire. Sometimes you can make a movie that I was fascinated with at the moment I heard about it. But for whatever reason, the opposite happens. It happens. Squid game just, it doesn't catch on with people. For whatever reason, it doesn't seem appealing to them and they don't go see it. You just got to brush off your hands. Know that you did as good of a job as you could and move on to the next project and not start assigning blame. Say it didn't do well because it didn't do well. We're just going to move on to the next movie and make it as best as I can. Guess what? No way The Martian should have been a big hit. There's no way The Martian should have been a big hit. But it captured that lightning in a bottle and it was fascinating and it was wonderful and I loved it and it got popular amongst people. Great. But the opposite can happen too. The opposite can happen. So just go, you know what? Okay, that one didn't work out so well. We move on to the next and not start blaming the audience. All right, what's next? Stan Cool says, over under 23%, we get a scary movie six before 2023. 10 years since five. Under. I don't think they should ever make another one again. I think those movies are terrible. What's next? Ben Rayner says, one, state of Star Wars movies makes me sad. Could KK save it at this point or point of no return? Two, Ridley Scott sounds ridiculous and silly, not upset, just noise to me. In my opinion, Gucci over under 20 million. Um, I'd say, yeah, Kathleen Kennedy can still turn this around. I really do believe that. I think she can. I still think she should move on. I, I don't think she should be there anymore. But if she's going to stay, is it possible that she can turn this around? Absolutely. Absolutely. Will she? I am dubious that she will. But can she? Yes, she can. All right, what's next? Stefan Daylint-Waters says, I wanted to go see Last Duel, but it barely got any screenings in Belgium. 
During its first week, it only showed late at night at the biggest theater complex of the country within with 24 screens. I mean, yeah, that happens too. Because also what happens, because I realized on, somebody wrote into me and said like, they went to go see The Last Duel on second weekend, but it only had like one screening at like 10 p.m. I said, well, that's what the movie theaters will do. Mm. Movie theaters want to put movies on their screens that are going to get people to come to the theater and buy popcorn and soda. And if there's one movie that's not getting people in to go watch them, they're going to swap that out with another movie that might get 10 more people to it. And so it, I'm sure that played a little bit of a part because it had a terrible opening weekend. Like, I, I think it was like three or four million dollars that made opening weekend. Like, it was just utterly disastrous. All right, what's next? Don Miller sends in a $20 super oh, chat. Oh, thank you, Don, for supporting us on that level, man. I'm fine with them bringing back Ray, Finn, and Poe into the universe for more adventures. Whether, though through novels comics or even an animated series just make them good and get your shit together plan it out yeah look i don't have an issue with that either if you want to do it in the books in the comics in an animated thing go for it i just don't think they should do it with the movie because number one i don't think they can get any of them back and number two i just don't think the audience cares for it that much all right what's next shiv patel says john and crew i just saw this morning that spider-man no way homes runtime on amc theaters app has a two hour and 30 minutes well i guess that's it uh yeah so well there's ray there's ray <laughs> what god well, well you'll come you'll come see you with us though right right oh, come on yeah. it's spider-man oh yeah Bring a tutu. <laughs> so yeah. Hey, listen, it's a long film. It's the third in a trilogy. I'm not surprised. They've they've been kind of they've been try kind of leaning longer and longer lately, which I I don't think is a great trend. But still, I, I can understand that in this one. All right, what's next? Casey Mack says Grandpa Ridley is starting to sound like a Scooby Doo villain. I was just saying that. <laughs> My movie would have done great if it wasn't for those meddling kids on the cell phones. Looking up Facebook. Uh, that's it. With all the Twitties. <laughs> the Facebook. Them and their Twitties. That's all they want to learn from is from the Twitties. All right. What's next? K Major says, screw this man. I'm staying the hell off the internet nine days before the film release. I'm staying off Facebook 14 days before. Twitties, no thanks. Yeah. Listen, there's a lot of people I've heard from online just saying they're basically going to go into a shell. Yeah. They're going to go into their room. They're going to unplug the smart TV. They're just going to have like a Blu-ray player. And they're just going to watch some stuff for like a couple of days and not talk to, turn off their cell phones, not talk to anybody. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think you have to go nine days out. I think the 48 hours, I think you'll be pretty good and then get out there and see it. All right. What's next? Alan Gonzalez says opening in other countries before the U S is dumb. It makes people don't want to go see it if it gets spoiled. So basically the whole world before us. Well, Alan, now you know how the whole rest of the world feels. Why, why is the U.S. more important? Well, now, U.S. is the biggest movie marketing thing in the world. Um, no, there have been other movies that have opened in international markets first, and it hasn't made it lose $1 in the U.S. Not $1. Here's the thing. By two days before opening weekend, all the tickets are going to be sold anyway. All the tickets are going to be sold anyway. So, no, opening it up in international market first is not going to stop one person from going to go see this if they're interested in it. Not one person. And here's the other thing. you got to also remember, not everybody, I would say the minority of people are like you and me, that we are scouring. You know, here's the other thing too. A lot of people will complain about spoilers, but they'll get on Facebook and they'll get on YouTube and they go on Twitter and they will constantly try to search out as much information <laughs> about the movie as possible. This is true. Like one of these YouTube channels will put together 
and I'm not crap talking. It's a, it's a cool thing. One of these, some YouTube channel will take the new 30 second TV spot and do a four hour video breaking down frame by frame, everything that happens. And a million people will watch it because they want to find out every little single thing they can, every little single thing they can, but then they'll say, but I'm going to stay off Twitter for two days because no, you're not. No, you're not. But, I am. but, but honestly, look, this is something that international markets have to deal with us all the time. We often get it first and they got to rely. So, Hey, it's all fair, man. It's all fair. It's not dumb that they're putting it out in other countries first. They can do that. And it's not going to stop anybody from going to see it because the vast, vast, vast majority of the movie going public is not on Twitter 50 times a day, trying to find out what's new with Spider-Man homecoming. They got their tickets because they're going to go with their girlfriend next weekend. But Honestly, most people don't follow it as closely as you and I do. So I don't think it's really going to make that much of an impact. I really don't. All right. What's next? Barth Raven says, Kennedy is talking about Poe, Ray, and Finn, but I'm more excited about John, Ray, and Kim. <laughs> <laughs> when will we have a Star Wars movie about them? Ah, uh, the two-two strikes back. Oh, no. Coming, <laughs> two strikes back. coming next week. With the Death Star of Rise Ketchup of and ketchup. Eggs. Please, I hope a moon kills me in the first... <laughs> First couple minutes. Oh my kills me. All right, what's next? Ishmael Montoya says, found some flight for 250 to Finland. Oh, because we were talking that it opens in Finland on the 16th. That's there it. You go. That's it, man. Hop there on the plane. Go. If you're ever going to visit the UK or Finland or Italy, it's playing in Italy first oh, of the time. Finland? Get you, ever, a- <laughs> you ever see that South Park episode where they blow up Finland? No, I've never oh, seen Oh, no, that. not Finland. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one. You have to show it to me. Um, All right, what's next? A. Marcella says, I agree with Ray. He is just one person, and the chat will go crazy with spoilers. People with fake screen names spoiled Bond and Matrix 4 oh, a while ago. It happens, man. The it, multiple I, accounts, the multiple accounts, oh, and that. like sometimes it's just the same person. Got to catch him every time. We got to, we got to, we got to really set up the chat that day, like to like, Slow mode, so I could catch all of them. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I, I really, but again, I really do think YouTube needs to create a feature where there's even like a 10 second delay that a moderator sees comments that are going in 10 seconds before they actually pop up in the feed and has a, an opportunity to block them. I, it would be really, really helpful if they gave moderators that ability. So anyway, that would we be. You might have idea. to block certain keywords that they or like have. Maybe there's something where you could put keywords, type it in. Like, yeah, but see, see, here's the thing. Like, what would I put in as a keyword? Well, anything that we think, anything that we think would come up. Everybody's going to want to talk about Spider-Man, even if it's not the spoiler Spider-Man stuff, right? It would just be funny that these trolls um, end up having to do like these like cold words just to get the the spoiler out. Like SW kills I am and yeah, you know what I mean? It would just be funny to see how they would uh, have to go about it if uh, it would be harder for them to, you know say certain names or whatever. All right, what's next? All right, last one says, Alpha Oquejago says, No Way Home does have a global release date, or rather week. While North America opens movies on Fridays, other countries do so on other weekdays. I mean, so yeah, there we go. And, and it's just that still traditionally, they made sure that it would open in North America first or whatever, but that has been changing and we're gonna have to get used to that. Normally it doesn't matter. But then you get a movie like Spider-Man No Way Home, which I think, like, honestly, I think the Andrew and Peter and Toby things is just the tip of the iceberg. I think there's going to be a lot of, okay. Two and a half hours. Big surprises. I think there's going to be a lot of big surprises in this thing. A lot of shocking things. Big surprises. 
Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of that, like a whole ton of them that we're not even talking about yet. I think there are things that are going to happen in this movie that we're not even speculating about yet. That's going to shock the world. I really do. I really think that. All right, guys, listen. Thank you, everybody, for sending in your thoughts and opinions and comments on the stuff that we've been talking about today. Uh, we are now going to move on and start taking your questions that you guys have been sending in to uh, the tip link down below. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go refill our drinks, rest our vocal cords up a little bit, give you a chance to talk amongst yourselves, run, use the bathroom, whatever. But don't go anywhere, guys. We will be right back. All right, and we are back. Thank you guys for your patience and indulgence as we took a short little break there. Now we're going to run over and start taking your questions. Once again, if you want to get a question read on the show or an upcoming companion video, you can go anytime, 24-7. Just click on the tip link that's down in the description below, or you can enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your question read on a show if, of course, we deem your question appropriate to use in our show. And, of course, you'll be supporting our channel at the same time. All right. Let's get on over to it. What is in there right now? Okay, Ryan Lawner says, at this point, if I was a Disney employee and Bob Chapek passed me in the hall and gave a casual, nice job, I would immediately start panicking and try to figure <laughs> out what I screwed up. Yeah, again, look, I'll be cheering for Bob Chapek. I hope he turns this around, but so far not doing the greatest job over there running Disney. All right, what's next? Adam says, hi, John. I've been watching your show for almost three years now. Thank and I you, just, Adam. And I just wanted to say thank you for all the hard work and dedication you and the rest of the team do to give us a great show i watch almost every day also first time tipper oh uh, adam thank you so much first of all it's great to have you here as one of the members of our community and it's always really cool when somebody just wants to write in to say something like that so thank you for being here adam and thank you for supporting us dude all right what's next ryan g says hi john and crew on friday november 12th i watched red notice and it was barely and it was way better than Jungle Cruise. I watched Jungle Cruise and it was so bad. And then on Saturday, November 13th, I watched Shang-Chi. It was great. Well, Shang-Chi is like one of my favorite movies of the year. I It's one of my favorite MCU movies. I cannot believe how much I love that. And you know, I didn't mind Jungle Cruise. I actually, I didn't think Jungle Cruise was great. But it, it was a fun little adventure movie. It was fun, harmless little adventure. Obviously, you got the charm of Dwayne The Rock Johnson and who doesn't love Emily Blunt? I, I thought it had enough going for it that it was still, you know, enjoyable. All right, what's next? Ryan G says, hi, John and crew. I can't wait for that Harry Potter reunion in January. Yeah, you know what? My, well, Anne's a Potterhead. My wife, Anne, is a massive Potterhead. She is so excited about that. I think a lot of people are going to be excited about that. You know, I'm not even a Potterhead myself, and I'm looking forward to it. They did a great job with the Friends one, so I think they'll do a good job with this one, too. All right, what's next? ABK says, John, we already know that HBO Max is developing some sort of Gotham PD show, which I know for some may sound like a re-read. Retread. Retread, sorry. Retread of the Fox show. I would hope, however, that they would pivot to an Arkham Asylum-based show. I would be all in for that. I'm not going to lie. I'm not all that interested in it. And here's the thing. I don't, while there are certainly a lot of fans because of the game franchise and everything, I don't think a lot of the average viewing audience would be all that interested in an Arkham-based thing. So I think the Gotham one is probably going to be the better way to go. But hey, listen, as the content continues to expand, you never know. They might get around to doing that Arkham stuff, too, in, in the near future. All right, what's next? Jose Rota says, hi, amigos. Eternal's third view, captivating. The MCU being a cohesive, slowly unveiling puzzle. These new pieces multiply its area by 10. Limitless, amazing. If the past 20-something movies were Lord of the Rings, we all went to... 
Silmarion. Silmarion. Silmarion, thank you, Simul- with this one. Cheers. Silmarillion. Um, yeah, which is the unfilmable J.R.R. Tolkien novel. Um, again, I really liked Eternals. I, I had issues with the villain, with uh, like with the deviants and things like that. But the way it just expands the mythology of the entire MCU world is amazing. Maybe even almost too much to a degree. Again, it's it's not to me. It's not a top ten MCU movie, but I quite enjoyed it. I'm glad you did too, man. All right, what's next? Suthia says, I skipped out on Flash season six and seven. Season eight has a five episode crossover, so I thought I'd give it a shot. They show us a group of metas who have playing card personas, Q, K, etc. Their card pun lines were eye rolling. I gave up within 15 minutes. Yeah, I have been. I, I've loved the Flash show. I have loved it. But I did tap out on it a little while ago. And I've not watched any of this new stuff. And that sounds horrible. A group of metas who go by playing card personas, the queen, the king, with some one of them the jack, and somebody was an ace. That that's that sounds kind of really like I, I haven't watched any of it. Here's the thing, I haven't heard anybody talk about it either. So it's it's listen, the flash has had a great run. It's time to wrap that show up. It was time to wrap the show up a year or two ago, to be honest with you, but it's time to wrap things up. All right, what's next? Wilfred Rodriguez says, another Spidey No Way Home theory. In the scene where they laugh at Doc Ock's name, what if they're not laughing at him? Doc Ock's location seems different from where they are. What if they met Andrew or Toby's Pete and don't believe his name is Peter Parker too? I don't I don't think there's any validity. I never got that feeling at all. Really, they would laugh and joke at that i now i think it is absolutely doc ock they're speaking to there but it's definitely not other peter parkers and laughing at just the same name peter parker i don't i don't see that being even remotely possible what will you eat if that is the case no, uh, just, kidding. Yeah. just kidding just kidding okay what Rem- are you willing to do if, if it is turn of the all right what's next Rimmer Bulldog says, hey, John, in my opinion, I think Spider-Man 2 is the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time right now. I'm going to make a prediction. Spider-Man No Way Home will be the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time. I doubt it. I, 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 look, I The reason I doubt it is this, is that we have seen two Spider-Man movies that John Watts has done. And they're really good. But I think if John Watts could make a Spider-Man movie that was better than Spider-Man 2, then John Watts would have made a better movie than Spider-Man 2. Now, what I do think is we're going to get a lot of big fan service in Spider-Man No Way Home. But that reminds me a lot of like Endgame. Endgame was a terrific experience with all the fan service in it and had great effect. Endgame is not a top five MCU movie. Like, overall, the movie has issues. It really does. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love Endgame. I do. I I think Endgame's great. I had a great time watching it. Multiple times watching it. But a lot of the fan service that is in it, yes, it gets that quick instant pop. Like, you you heard me the other day. I was almost in tears seeing Tony and Pepper... Uh, what, what do they call her armor rescue? I think they call her armor rescue where, where Iron Man and rescue are back to back spiraling up through the air, taking out enemies. And like, I got emotional. I love that stuff, but it is fan service. The a force scene was very cool. Put a big smile on my face, but it is fan service. Um, it 
and uh, while I think that we're going to get a lot of that really fun stuff in Spider-Man No Way Home, that to me does not make the great, because what makes Spider-Man 2 the best Spider-Man movie of all time to some people, to me it might be Spider-Verse, but let's say Spider-Man 2 for now, is incredible character work, great dialogue, a fabulous, compelling villain. Um, it's all the things that make a good movie a good movie, not just a good comic book movie. That's the thing. Spider-Man 2 is a really great movie, not just a great comic book movie. I don't know that I can say the same about Endgame. And I love Endgame, but I don't know that Endgame is anything but a great comic book movie as opposed to a great... Whereas there's a lot of... Like, Logan is a great movie, not just a great comic book movie. Yeah. You know, I, so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I hope you're right, though. I go into every movie I see hoping it's the greatest movie of all time. So we'll find out, Remmer. We'll find out. All right, what's next? Mario Viteri says, Hi, John and team. Considering Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I think it's highly likely that both Toby and Garfield will make an appearance in this movie as well, since Raimi directed Toby and Spider-Man. Your thoughts? I disagree. I mean, it's possible. Of course it's possible. 100% possible. But I don't think that's what they're going for. I don't think that had anything to do with Kevin Feige selecting Sam Raimi to direct Doctor Strange. I think when you look at Sam Raimi, forget that he did, forget that the comic book movies that Sam Raimi did was Spider-Man. Sam Raimi is a uniquely positioned guy to do a Doctor Strange. From his horror background, his schlocky horror background, he's done comic book fair. He's, he's just... He is a perfect guy to direct it. And I think that I'll had nothing to do with the fact that he's connected with Tobey Maguire or anything else. So I don't think so, but it, I'm not going to say it's off the table. It's, I'm not saying it's off the table with no possibility. I'm just saying, I really don't think that's what the, uh, the impetus here is. Didn't right. he do um, drag me to hell? That yes. Which that was, was a great movie. Oh, so good. That was a good movie. I love drag me to hell. That was really, really good. That's a good pickup. You know what? He also did that Oz the great and powerful. And a lot oh. of people didn't like it. I actually thought it was quite charming. I thought he did a nice job with Oz the Great and Powerful. Hmm. I like that one. Okay, what's next? Manny Aljang says, Hey, John, I've been a huge fan since your AMC days when I was in high school. Thank now you. I'm adulting, <laughs> aren't we all? We've been focused on Toby slash Andrew in No Way Home lately that after watching the trailer for No Way Home, I'm concerned for Happy. I think he might not make it in No Way Home. Thoughts? Listen, I think everybody's on the table as to who might die. I think Happy could die. Is someone dying for sure? No. Or is No. Like Kevin Feige never, never Kevin Feige never came out and said, just be prepared, everybody. Somebody big dies. No. I think a lot of us think like like look, we were talking the other day, you and me, about the fact that if MJ dies, that's gonna be sad. Yeah. I will shed more. I will bet money there would be more tears shed if Ned dies. That's a far more impactful death because Pete and Ned have known each other, we're assuming, most of their lives. They've been best friends for almost their whole lives. MJ is a relatively new addition. Peter loves her, but she's a relatively new addition to it. So I think even more people die if he's a happy could be somebody that dies. Um, sexy Aunt May, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> She could die. Uh, I mean, anybody's on the table. So, I mean, could be. Who knows? Who knows? All right, and it could, Happy is one of them. All right, what's next? 
Jimmy G says, hey, John and crew, ever since Lizard got punched by a ghost, <laughs> it is it is all the Internet is talking about. What are the chances that Sony or Marvel Sony slash Marvel released the trailer like that on purpose to create buzz and excitement somewhere around the hundred percent range? <laughs> it's not even a question. It's not a question. They purposefully put that out. And they purposefully only did it on the Brazilian website to make fans think that they discovered it. They are hard. Look, the people over there, these saints are like, oh my gosh, we forgot that we had Lizard getting punched by a guy invisible. No, they purposefully had Lizard getting punched and then purposely had to digitally remove who was doing it for the purposes of putting it in a trailer. This is all part of the plan. That's a hundred percent, Jimmy, a hundred percent. This was all intentional. All right. What's next? Manny Aljang says, do you think no way home will have any significant slash unexpected departures or heel turns like Ned becoming a villain? Thank you, John and crew. I know that if John Schnepp was still with us, he would be going <laughs> crazy like all us are and geeking out. Oh, yeah. he'd, be, day. he'd be freaking out about it. Look, I would say this. Uh, the reason I am throwing out the idea of a Ned heel turn is f for one main reason. Now, an evil Ned coming through the reality rip, that's different. I mean, yeah, maybe we could get an evil Ned from another dimension, but this Ned turning... No, because there has been nothing to suggest in any of the movies up till now that Ned has any deep underlying dissatisfaction with his relationship with Peter, with his relationship with his moral compass. Nothing has even remotely been hinted at that, like not in the slightest for them to out of nowhere say, oh, here I am. I'm Ned and I'm just, wait a minute. I want to be evil, like out of nowhere. That would be some pretty bad storytelling. So I'm going to guess, no. As far as unexpected departures, yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> departing the MCU and going over to Sony. That's a big possibility. All right, what's next? Anonymous says, Sunny season 15 starts in two weeks. Funniest show ever made. Sunny forever. You gotta watch. Starts off kind of like old South Park, trying to be ironic, but actually kind of offensive. But it <laughs> quickly finds itself and has been delivering poignant satire for tw 12 plus years. You know, I've got a lot of people I know who've been trying to tell me to watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've seen a couple of episodes. Um, but I've never really gotten into it. I never sat down and really watched. I don't think I've seen more than two episodes of it. So, but I've had a lot of people for a long time telling me it's a fabulous. Have you ever watched it, Ray? Do you watch? Mm -hmm. it? So you mm -hmm. haven't watched it either. Mm -hmm. Have you watched it, Kim? Do you mm -hmm. watch? It? You do. Yeah, yeah. I'm not caught up. I'm not caught up. I think I left off at like season six or something. At what point does but, Danny um, DeVito become a regular part of the show? I think he's always a regular part of the show. Was he right from season one? I always yeah. was under the impression he joined the cast later on. That shows you how much I know Pretty about Zoe. Pretty sure Tony. he was always a, um, a right. Yeah, no, no, no. He was there from jump. So. Okay. I, I yeah. did not know that. I think All right. right. What's next? Andrew Holmes says, hey, John, I doubt it's relevant, but in the new Spider-Man tra trailer, when MJ is falling, it reminds me of a significant moment in the 90s Spider-Man animated series when MJ falls off a bridge and is presumed dead, but actually fell through a portal. Thoughts? No, no, nothing to do no, with anything. No. Yeah, if it's going to be anything, obviously it's going to be with the Andrew Garfield one. Actually, uh, let me share this thing that uh, I've got on my Twitter. 
So, are you sure you want to share? Yeah, this I can feel <laughs> safe about. This I feel safe about. But it, like one of my criticisms of, Sp- of Spider-Man movies has been at some point in every Spider-Man movie, the villain gets a hold of Peter's love interests and dangles them from a high place as bait. And what we end up with is in every Spider-Man movie, a Spider-Man girl falling to her thing. Now, so I don't know who made this. This got sent to me by a bunch of people. It says Spider-Man villain, <laughs> Spider-Man girlfriends. <laughs> Oh my God. But like every single one, every single one. So I don't know that it needs to be motivated from the nineties TV series or nineties animated thing. I think it has more to do with the, uh, a thing with the Emma Stone one and Andrew Garfield. Cause I still think it's going to be Emma, Emma Garfield. I think it's going to be Emma. I think it's going to be Andrew Garfield that saves MJ this time around as she's falling down. So that's what I, I think they're going to do there. All right, what's next? Boris says, Doc Ock takes nanotech. He glances over to Peter, brilliant but lazy, and thus Peter will now have a normal suit only. All jokes aside, I'm excited to see that tech mix with his arms. Looked pretty cool in the trailer. I got to say, one of the cool things about the new TV spots was that whole thing where you know, he's throwing Spider-Man around and Spider-Man comes out of the car wreckage with his spider legs, his iron spider legs. And then Doc Ock looks at his arms and says, it seems we have competition. And that, that was a that was really cool. cool shot. I also like that. It looks like he smacks Spider-Man around. It looks like this Doc Ock like beats him because it appears that he's got him all wrapped up and is about to kill him. He's like, you're not Peter Park. I'm very excited about that scene. Again, I think it's all pointing to Doc Ock being a good guy in this movie. I think Doc Ock is going to be a hero in this. All right, what's next? A.B. DeViller says, Hi, John, my predictions. Spell goes wrong, not due to Tom's interruption, but because of the events of Loki. Nope. Goblin kills Aunt May, Doc Ock helps and dies. Toby and Andrew and Strange help Tom to beat baddies, but Zendaya gets pushed over to Sonyverse and Tom follows. I mean, that could be one of the things that takes him in. The reason I'm going to say the nope about the events of Loki, Kevin Feige does not make his movies in a way that it becomes a prerequisite that you watch something else in order to understand what's going on in this current movie. He's never done that. Every MCU thing you can... That's the, the reason the MCU has become the most popular thing in the world is because every single project they've ever done is a valid entry point for somebody to watch their first MCU thing. Never seen an MCU movie before when Ant-Man comes out? Ant-Man can be the first MCU thing you've ever watched. Never seen an MCU thing before Winter Soldier came out? No problem. You can watch Winter Soldier as your first one and be able to keep up. I had a friend who watched Infinity War. It was the first time they ever watched an MCU movie. And while some of the nuance, I'm sure, went over the head, they were totally able to follow the main idea of the movie. That's the brilliant thing about Kevin Feige in the MCU. He has never made any of his projects that are closed off from a new audience member coming in and joining the fun. And I don't think there's any possibility here that he makes a key important plot point of Spider-Man No Way Home be completely reliant that somebody watch the Disney Plus Loki series. I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think there's any chance of that. A lot of the other stuff he said in there was pretty cool, though. All right, what's next? James L.H. says, I have... A few to ask. Not going to bombard you now. I was concerned when going alone for a few weeks. Take care of that voice. Yeah. I know you don't watch it, but you like Doctor Who? Always good with companions. Yeah. Listen, you're right. I did. When I did the show Pure Solo for a couple of weeks, and I wanted to do it solo for one week, but then the second week it just turned out I had to do it solo. 
but you forget how rough it is on your voice. And when you're talking nonstop, like every time Ray says something or every time Kim says something or reads something, that's me getting five seconds where I'm not talking. And that makes a world of difference, a world of difference. So you're right with the companions. It, it certainly helps it a lot. Thanks for recognizing that James. All right. What's next? All right. James LH says, John, so Sony changed Cyber Monday to Spider Monday. Might be no trailer because of this. JPEG to Sony. You can't release a trailer, Sony. But we need to show Garfield and McGuire to sell all the tickets. JPEG. But I need Campia to eat ketchup and eggs. In the shape of a Bob JPEG face. You know what's funny? I, I, do, I do want to point this out, though. There is this rumor going around that, and people took it seriously. There was this rumor going around, and I have zero idea where it started. But there was this rumor going around the line. Well, because remember, the second trailer hadn't come out yet. Mm -hmm. It was like, where's the second trailer? And then this report started to come out that the reason there hasn't been a second trailer is because Kevin Feige and Sony are arguing over whether to include Toby and, and uh, Andrew in the trailer. It's like, okay, that's adorable. But the reality is Kevin Feige doesn't get a say of what goes into the trailer. Let, let, me, let me clarify that. I'm sure they consulted Kevin Feige. I'm totally sure Sony consulted Kevin Feige. The distributor of a movie is the sole decider, and I'll use that word, as to what and how a movie is marketed. It is not the production company. It is the distributor. Now, oftentimes, the distributor and the production company are one and the same. Warner Brothers, most of the time, most of the time, Disney. But in this case, with Spider-Man, Sony is the distributor. That means they have the final say as to how the movie is marketed, what goes into the marketing, all that kind of stuff. Now, again, they adore Kevin Feige. They adore Kevin Feige. And so I'm sure they consulted with him. I'm sure they got his opinion, got his thoughts, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure they probably made that way... Um, way into their decision. But at the end of the day, it was always Sony's decision. It's not like they could hold it up. Well, Kevin won't agree, so we can't put out a trailer yet. It's like, that's not how this business works. That's not how it works. Anyway, I just always thought that was interesting. All right, what's next? Okay, this comes from my favorite viewer. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Building on your theory about Professor X and Spider-Man, in X-Men 1, the final fight is on the Statue of Liberty, and Magneto is trying to make people other make people mutants. Now we have another fight on it while the multiverse breaks. See where I'm going with it? This time Magneto's machine works and now mutants are in the MCU. Not the best way to introduce them maybe, but since they lose a lot of their backstory, but maybe, just maybe it could work. If someone can pull it off, that's Kevin Feige. This is the best theory I've heard yet. This is the best theory I've heard yet about how Kevin Feige could bring mutants into the MCU. Nice. For those of you who don't know what my favorite viewer is talking about, in the original X-Men movie, which if you like comic book movies today, you better thank the first X-Men movie. That's that's the movie that made Hollywood go, we can make those kinds of movies and kind of opened up the new era for comic book movies. So Magneto's big plot at the end is to turn 
all these people in and around New York into mutants themselves, particularly these world leaders who are really anti-mutant. He now he wants to turn them into mutants. Now I say this with the understanding that I have not yet heard a single good theory. I have not come up with a good theory, nor have I heard any good theory about how Kevin Feige is going to bring X-Men into this world. Not one good theory. And out of the 10 theories I've come up with, not one of them has been good. Out of the thousand theories I've heard from other people, I don't think one of them has been good. I don't think any of us have come up with a good one. And I'm not saying this one's great, and I'm not saying this one's going to happen. But I think this is my favorite theory so far. I'd still only give it a 5% chance of happening. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this was going to happen. But this is my favorite theory so far. That Because remember I was saying, when, when Doctor Strange says, they're all coming through and I can't stop them. I, there's a, that's what she said joke in there somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> when, as Doctor Strange is saying, they're all coming through and I can't stop them. I've, I've speculated, hey, hell, you can even get an X-Men universe, right? What if Patrick Stewart, as Professor Xavier comes through? Something like that, right? Well, wait a minute. Okay. Well, what what if it's during the events of the ending of the first X-Men film and Magneto's on that Statue of Liberty where that fight is happening in Spider-Man No Way right. Home? And he actually triggers his device and he actually turns a whole bunch of people in the MCU into mutants. And now you got mutants. Again, there's problems with that theory. There are big problems with that theory. I'm just saying right now, that is my favorite theory that I've heard so far. When it comes to all the X Men stuff, that is my favorite theory so From far. Your favorite. That's viewer. why that's your From favorite, my viewer, bro. Favorite viewer, <laughs> right there. That is why this is my favorite viewer. All right, I like it. Okay, what's next? Okay, James L H says, "Hi, John. I know you explained regards Rob, and I see how busy you guys are. But I did want to ask, though, what does the future hold for the sorely missed podcast?" Best movie, worst movie. Again, I appreciate how busy the three of you are, so thanks. Yeah, we are absolutely going to do season three of best movie, worst movie. Now, I know I've been saying that for about a year. Now, obviously, the third cog in the best movie, worst movie podcast is Olympic swimmer, gold medalist Cody Miller. He was, of course, preparing for, well, number one, they had a kid. Then number two, he was preparing for the Olympics. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're having another kid. Oh, wow. So we're super thrilled for, for Cody and Allie. They're having another kid. And uh, so we are going to do it. It is going to come. Uh, we just got to, we're just waiting for Cody to have a little bit of time. And then what we're probably going to do is me, Cody, and Rob will probably like knock out six episodes in a day oh, wow. and then just re re release them one week apart. But yes, best movie, worst movie. I, I love that podcast and doing that podcast. We will get back to it again. We just don't want to do it without Cody. And that's the thing. So we'll get around to it. We promise we will get around to it. Thanks for asking, James. All right, what's next? Simon Eskel Peterson says, Hi, John and Co. This is one of two. First time tipper, long time watcher from Canada's brother from another mother, Norway. <laughs> Thank you, Simon, for writing in, man. I was curious about your opinion on the recent move from Paramount Plus regarding their flagship series, Star Trek Discovery. Let me find number two. Its season premiere was today for all their subscribers. However, the EU won't get it until mid-2022. Not even countries like Norway, whom ha have had the service for months. It was my sole reason for getting it, so I feel a bit disheartened. Thoughts? I, First of all, I haven't gotten around to watching the new... I, I, I'd forgotten that Discovery was even starting back up again. I, on the record, I really like Star Trek Discovery. 
the, the time crystals thing they did, I think in like season one or two was not so great, but I actually really like Star Trek Discovery and I'm looking forward to seeing the new thing. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know why in countries where Paramount Plus already exists, why it's getting to, you know, it might have to do with licensing deals mm. because different territories will have different licensing deals and it may very well be that they have a licensing deal with another body that prevents them from airing new episodes until a certain date. Again, these licensing contracts and territorial like contracts can be very complex and convoluted. So I have no idea what the underlying reason is. There must be a reason. They're not just like, hey, you know what? Norway, fuck them. Let's make them wait. I don't think that's what they're doing around the, the offices of Paramount. So there probably must be a reason. I just don't know what it is off the top of my head. But I hope you're able to get it soon. And that, thanks for reminding me that I got to go later today and go watch the new episode of Star Trek Discovery. Thanks for that, Simon. And thank you for writing in, man. Good to have you here. All right, what's next? Ask poor Loki says, Hi, John. Hope you had a good time last Saturday. I have a theory that Toby Spider-Man will give Holland the with great power speech in No Way Home. It gives me chills just thinking about it and it would maybe even put, I would maybe even put money on it. Thoughts? Will one of the other Spider-Men give... Tom Holland, Spider-Man, the with great power comes great responsibility speech. Tony kind of already gave him that. I was going to say that's on the bridge. That's kind of already happened. Plus, I think it would still be more appropriate at some point to find out. Look, only one person should be giving Peter Parker that speech. That's Uncle Ben. And I think at some point we will get a flashback whether it's in this movie or a later Sony Spider-Man movie or whatever, I think we will get that flashback. But I think that's a speech that he's already gotten. He must have already gotten from an Uncle Ben. But I'm not going to say this is impossible. I'll give it a 20% chance. 20% chance that one of the other Spider-Men gives him the power responsibility speech. But I don't know. Would you give a percentage to it? What percentage would you give? Uh, I would... I would mm. I, I, would, I would say like 10% because I really think there'll be a flashback. You guys, I had a dream. I had a dream that Matthew McConaughey played Uncle Ben, that he had a flashback because he's just hot enough to be married to hot Aunt May, that it was Matthew McConaughey, maybe because I'm listening to his book right now, and he had a flashback about him giving him that speech. All right. Well, I think, that's, saying, I think that's prophetic. Saying. By the way, I just want to point out that uh, Red Comet in the live chat has just given like world shaking suggestion that will change everything <laughs> that the new uncle Ben and Spider-Man should be Gary Busey. I, <laughs> I, I, I think that's it. Gary I think Busey. <laughs> Gary Busey should be Tom Holland's uncle Ben. I think I can't do a Gary Busey impersonation. Otherwise I'd be doing it right now, but I think that's gold. You, I think that yeah, idea kid, look, is kid. Absolutely. Responsibility, kid. It's, I don't know how you would do that. Ah, uh, I want that. Okay. Holy Johnny crap. Utah. Okay. What's next? <laughs> Jared says, in regards to the crowdfunding thing, I did support the Veronica Mars movie, but in return for my $20, I got a digital copy copy of both the script and movie. So in my mind, it's really not that different from buying a ticket. I was just doing it in advance. You know, Jared, you raise a really good point. You do raise a really, really good point about that, that... There, there's some of these crowdfunding things where you're basically, you are actually buying a product in advance and it's just giving them the money up front. And I think that is an excellent point to raise. So well, point well made, Jared. Point, point. I mean, obviously 
Not all of them are like that, but that is a really good example of when like, yeah, I donated $20, but what I was really doing was buying my copy of the movie plus a copy of the script in advance and giving them the money up front so they can make their movie. So that, that's actually a really good point, man. All right, what's next? Big Will says, hi, John and crew. So have you seen the parody video to Bruno Mars song, That's What I Like? The parody song is called That's Spidey Life by Nerdist. Spider-Man replaces Bruno Mars and swear it's the best thing on YouTube. I have this song on repeat. Well, I would still say Jizz in My Pants by Lonely Island is probably the best thing on YouTube. But no, I have not heard of this one, Big Will. But thank you for putting on my radar. I will make sure I go and check it out. All right, what's next? Big Will also says, Hey, John and crew, if Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are both in Spider-Man No Way Home, what percentage do you give that it's Andrew trying to catch MJ? I'm going 60% and bring on the filthy. I am tempted to say 100. I won't say 100. I'll say 90. I, I just, there, it's that's too poetic. I mean, it's great. Oh, look, 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 look. If it's Tom Holland, Spider-Man, all that's doing is replaying the same scene that was in another Spider-Man movie already. If it's Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, it's the continuation of a story from a previous Spider-Man film of Andrew now trying to write a failure that he had before. He wasn't able to save Gwen, but he's sure as hell not going to let this one die. But so if it's Tom's, it's just copying another scene from another Spider-Man movie. If it's Andrew, it's a poetic continuation of an event from a previous Spider-Man. So I'm going to go 90%. Actually, you know what? Let me, let me do that right. I'm going to put up a poll in the live thing. Uh, I mean, see, say uh, percentage chance that uh, it's Andrew's uh, Spider-Man saving MJ uh, in the trailer. Okay. So, um, crap. I can't put percentages in there. I forget. You know, I'll just ask, okay, is it, I'm just going to ask, is it Andrew? Is it Andrew saving MJ in the trailer? Uh, in the trailer. Okay. I put that up in the, for those of you watching live, I've just put it up as a poll in the, uh, in the live chat. Do you think that is Andrew Garfield that's going to save uh, MJ falling? You don't have to say whether it's Tom or Toby or somebody else. Just do you think it's Andrew doing it? And right now, uh, so we got 123 votes right now, and it's 83% of you are saying yes. Now we have 235 votes. 77% of you are saying yes, it's Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. By the way, we should keep very, very clear here that we don't even know for sure that Andrew Garfield is in this movie. <laughs> right. Despite the video footage that came out, despite the pictures that I had put up, we don't know for certain that Andrew Garfield is in this movie. It's just that simple. I mean, hell, the only reason I posted the one picture is because I was pretty convinced it was fake. <laughs> I was pretty convinced it was fake. Um, but, and nobody has ever confirmed to me that they are actually real. That video footage that came out of Andrew Garfield, remember it came out about a month ago, maybe two months ago. Like, I thought it was fake. And I've never heard anybody verify, confirm that it was real. So he may not even be in the movie, but I think if anybody's saving that MJ, it's that. So we got 412 votes right now, and 73% are saying that they think it's Andrew Garfield, while 27% are saying now 26% are saying it's not Andrew Garfield that saves. That's interesting. All right. What's next? 
Fanimator says, I'm doing a poll where I ask fans to submit their top 10 comic book movies. Now I got 440 responses. There, here are the top 10 movies by fans. T- uh, TDK. The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Thank you. Infinity War. Logan. Uh, Spider-Man 2. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2. Endgame. Spider-Verse. Winter Soldier. Probably I think Batman that meant to say Batman Begins. Uh, Guardians and Zack Snyder's Justice League. It There's a part, part two. two. Hold okay. on. Do you mind just telling us your rough top 10 list in the Campia classroom? Thanks. And bring on the filthy. No, I don't do top 10s, but I, I will tell you roughly what I think about the, the best three comic book movies of all time. are. Right? I say it all the time. I think the first Avengers movie is the best comic book movie ever made. Uh, I think rounding out the top three, and you can put these in any order you want. I think the three best comic book movies ever made are Avengers, The Dark Knight, and Logan. I, I just think those are the three best that's ever been done, um, for, all for different reasons, all for really different reasons. So that's that's kind of my take on that. All right, what's next? Fanimator says, Box Office Pro is currently tracking for No Way Home to open between 135 and eight and 185 million, annihilating pandemic box office record. But if Sony puts Toby and Andrew in trailers, they could make up to 200 million. Why are they not showing them? Oh, because it's a surprise. They're going to show them. They're going to show them. Do you think they're going to show? Okay. 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 Um, Do you think they're going to show them or maybe just part of them? Like have, have either way, have, uh, there's so many names now. Tom Holland. Right. And then have one foot on the left and then another foot on the right. And then like shadows next to Tom Holland. I, that could be like, too. Like instead of their face. Face. All you see are the Spider-Man booties, the Spider-Man boots yes. step onto a ledge. Yes. That would uh, be like a more of a poster thing if they actually released. But you do that trailer. moment. You could do that yeah. moment. Like yeah. either way, that's still showing them, right? It's still yeah, showing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's look. Remember, let's remember who is releasing this movie. Sony. What is a movie Sony just released? Ghostbusters Afterlife. Who are they keeping secret for the longest time? Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson, Dan Aykroyd. Although they had Dan Aykroyd's voice in one of the earlier trailers. But they had they gave no indication that Bill Murray and er- Ernie Hudson were in it. Yeah, that's true. And then just a week or two before Ghostbusters Afterlife, what did they start promoting? They started promoting that Bill Murray, blah, blah, blah. I think... First of all, Ray and my bet is only that there's going to be another spot on the 29th. No, 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 no. We were specifically. You guys ironed this out wait, on wait, video. Wait, wait, wait. We were specific I went back about this. To, okay, because some, some viewers, some of them regular viewers, were starting to uh, point out that the initial bet was the trailer comes out and they show Toby and um, Andrew. Okay, okay. So I go back and, and watch the video. 145 at 145 of that video because that whole day was about you thinking the trailer needed Andrew and Toby to make all and the, I so said, all the and I said oh I've seen enough I don't think they need it here we go so there's a part where you go on the 29th the trailer <laughs> will drop with Andrew with Toby all tickets or all, all tickets, the tickets and I'm like and then I'm like but if it doesn't you eat ketchup and eggs and you're like Shut your mouth. <laughs> and then I was like, and then I said something like, yeah. And then I said, how, <laughs> then I said, how confident are you? And then you're like, oh, uh, let me think about this. So that was the initial bet. So I'm proposing 
if we can stick if we stick with that bet then we'll go through with it but if not we're gonna have to restructure the bet because okay we're gonna have to restructure because I, because uh, it's like we we talked about it yesterday on the show we talked about it yesterday on the it's show. just because the trailer dropping it's almost for certain now like i but i thought my argument was no. showing toby and andrew like that was the big thing for that day so i was like if you don't include that, then I might as well wear a tutu tomorrow. Oh my god! Because that was what the that was what the you whole can. day was about. Will they show Toby and Andrew? Okay, so I here's the thing. I am not. Lies you tell. What I am what I am convinced of is that there's going to be a spot on the 29th that ends with tickets on sale. Now that's what I'm convinced of. I am also convinced that they should have Toby and Andrew in that. But I don't I, think it was they about the I don't, think don't know that they will be. I don't think they'll show them. Okay, you, but 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 now you agree with me that you do think there is going to be a spot on the 29th. A spot? I don't know if it's a new trailer. I uh, don't know if it's a new it's trailer. It's going to be a new promo spot, whether you call Maybe it Maybe with an extra whatever, shot but. in it, and the way I see it is they're stepping out from wherever they're coming from, and you see, like, maybe their foot, and then it ends, like, there. Just to get the fans, like, you don't show them, but you're like, why is there two Spider-Man? But you reveal it. You reveal yeah, it yeah, without yeah. showing Yeah, yeah, because he's probably standing there by himself, and like the like end game, there's these two portals that open, and they step through, and you only see their feet or their That's with their saying. with their respective suits. Okay, so you and I, but are you have never to, see their face. You and I are going to have to discuss this after the show, and you we'll know, we'll finalize what you, the bet is tomorrow. I'm, I'm I'm sorry to all the viewers, but if <laughs> I can't get him to eat ketchup and eggs, I will spend the rest of my YouTube career trying to make bets <laughs> to get him to do this. Okay, I okay. promise you. If it doesn't work out this time, I will find a way. All right, we'll we'll work this. We'll work out the details later. We'll work out the trip. details. All right, we don't have much time left. Let's get through a few more of these questions, shall we? Charlie Jeffrey Hood. Oh, wait a second. We never answered his question. What? Oh, <laughs> we never <laughs> answered his uh, Fanimator's question about. Okay, so yeah, look, I, this is exactly where I thought it would be. I said that if they just continue on with what they're doing, they don't show Toby and Andrew. This thing is going to obliterate. The current record, which is Venom with $90 million as an opening weekend. That's the current record. And even without showing Andrew and Toby, it's going to obliterate that probably in the 150, little bit plus range, right? Which is right where this is, 135 to 185. I'm seeing around 150, right in that range. I think that's exactly where it's going to be. But you show Andrew Garfield or Toby Maguire, or at least show that the other Spider-Men are going to be there without there showing Andrew go. and Toby's face. Either way. You show that the other Spider-Men are going to be in there, forget $150 million. I don't care, pandemic or not, forget $150 million. This thing is going north of 200 Easy. 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 It's going north of $200 Because don't you see that part in the trailer where he says, I can't save all of them. I can't wouldn't save that all of them. It would be super corny and super <laughs> expected, but wouldn't that be the perfect spot where you see those two appearing? Don't I worry, don't little Peter. You don't you know have to I mean? do it alone. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, go alone. get him, Peters. <laughs> Wait, Come yes. on, Peters. <laughs> Buckle up, buckaroos. <laughs> I knew that was coming out. I knew that was coming out. <laughs> so, yeah, let's listen. So, look, the other thing is, you're asking, why are they not showing them? I'm just saying, remember, they weren't showing Bill Murray and Ernie Hudson either. And then they were just before the movie came out. That's why I am convinced that there's going to be a new spot on Monday. I, 
I believe they're going to show Peter and Andrew. I don't know that I would bet on it, but I believe they will because of that. They've done it. They just did it with Ghostbusters 2, and they know what they do. They're not just going to sell a lot of tickets. They'll sell all the tickets. So we'll see. We'll see how that works Marketing out. right here. Marketing, marketing right lesson. here. 101. A marketing lesson. All right. What's next? Charlie Jeffrey Hood says, so I just got back from seeing King Richard, and I really liked it. I was a bit skeptical since sports movies like this are 50-50 for me. I just wanted to say that I thought Erin was great in her scene and I had a big grin on my face when she showed up. I that's Listen, I cannot wait. It's Erin being in is why I'm not going to watch this thing on HBO. I got to go to the movie theater to see it um, that, because Erin, I don't want to watch it on HBO. But Erin is always kills it in everything she's Aaron's in. Erin's just the best. She's the, she's, she's the nicest. She's the best. Oh, my God. Couldn't you, have been a better person. Honestly, you guys, yep. you haven't met Erin. Like, she seems great on the show, but she really is great. Yeah, she's like she's ten, awesome times thoughts. 10 great, you know, off of the show. Yeah, she's she's just wonderful and fabulous. And now she's a mom, <laughs> uh, which we're so thrilled. I showed I showed these guys picture of the little baby Degnan the My other day. My heart okay. freaking melted. Like, how beautiful is that like, baby? Don't even make me tear up again. How beautiful is that so baby? so yummy. And, Remember oh, when we gosh. went to Comic-Con uh, the year before or whatever? I actually found the, the cereal. It was um, drumstick, like the ice cream. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I brought it in, and then, like, Aaron, like, you know, grabbed some of it, and she's like, Oh, this is the best, and then she immediately goes on Amazon and orders yeah, a couple yeah, boxes. Yeah, I was like, "You're the only one that ate it." Like, <laughs> I thought I was the only one who would like this stuff, but yeah, she's the best. She is so great. Okay, um, and yeah, Mike casting. Aaron's a mom. Yep, just became a mom this week. Just became a mom this week, and we're so happy for them. There's All a right. lot of sad viewers there. <laughs> last, last question of the day. Then we're going to wrap this thing up today. What's next? Marie Seifring says, Hi, John, Kim, and Ray. I read an article discuss discussing profit participation in movies. It indicated that there is a history of creative accounting practices, which basically say on paper, there is never profit to share with performers from movies better now yeah that was a different era but yeah for a long time like studios would have this agreement with like a producer or an actor or a writer or something that says you will get three percent of the profits from the movie then there were some movies that cost like 20 million dollars to make made 400 million at the box office and they would come up with a way with creative accounting for it to show that the movie never actually made any money. Oh. And that was, that was an unfortunately semi-regular thing in the business. There was, there was like one studio that was known that would like never do that, but most of the studios did on a lot of their different projects. Kind of with the creative accounting, say, oh no, see, we had to give this much to this and this much to this and this. And even paying their own departments, they counted as major expenses. Like, yeah, Warner Brothers Department A had to pay with the Warner Brothers Costume Design Department $45 million for their designing fees. Oh, so that left on. us with no profit. And that was a lot of stuff that was going around. This came under huge scrutiny a number of years ago. And it, it got changed in a lot of the collective bargaining agreements between all the different unions. And that is stuff that they really can't get away with anymore. Wow. Uh, thankfully, but yeah, that for a long time was really, really a big, big problem. All right, guys, listen, there are still more questions to go, but don't worry. We'll get caught up on all the questions still remaining, but for now, that's all the time we have for today's installment 
of the John Campia Show. Thank you guys so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big, big thank you to all of you guys who sent in your opinions and thoughts on the Super Chats, but also sent us all the questions in the tip link. Number one, because you give us great fun things to talk about, but number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved at the John Campia Show, thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, big thank you to Ray. Ray, Ray, looking forward to 2 2 Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> 2 2 Tuesday coming. Ray, where can people follow you if they want to? It's Ray Aura with a zero. Ray Aura with a zero. And of course, Kimberly Curran is here. Kimberly, where can people follow you? Yeah, you guys, I'm on Instagram. It's was good, Kimberly. And uh, you guys, of course, can just follow me on my social media on Instagram and on Twitter, just at John Campia. Guys, glorious day be unto you. May the peace and whatever of the empire go with you by the way saw the last episode of foundation last night i really really liked it love empire anyway guys thanks so much for being here my name's john campy and until next time my friends bye bye <laughs>